How's it going? Welcome to the Star Trek Warp Top 10 podcast. This is the podcast that blows your mind and your common sense every damn episode uh, you know, with, with our just our utter, utter garbage. Uh, my, it's not garbage, but uh, <laughs> you know, if you listen to our last podcast, some of that was utter garbage and some of it was utter genius so so you know wow. you get a chance to listen wow. to our last pod and yeah. nothing in between no 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 extremes maybe so hey so hey i'm one of your hosts my name is phil rizzo and as always i'm joined by an obtuse piece of flotsam by the name of <laughs> luke boyle yeah he got it right you didn't get your name right last time i know i was i i, I vowed to never make that mistake again <laughs> Well done. Hey, um, so yeah, we all, yeah. sorry. What do you got? What do you got? Nothing. Go, no, go. I just, no, I just loved how sing-songy, um, more sing, more and more sing-songy it gets every time. Uh, your, your very opening line. Well, I'm that much more excited every time. I feel like, I feel like okay. I'm just, oh my God, I'm, I'm back in the chair. I'm talking to my buddy. We're going to talk some Star Trek and, uh, it's, it's just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Fair I'm enough. I'm just pull out a whole freaking Aria next time and give it to you. Please. Oh my God, please. You don't want to hear that. Uh, yeah, so we're back, back with another episode. Very excited. Uh, we t- we took a took a little time off there. Uh, our buddy Luke was on on Risa, climate controlled Risa, which is good. Indeed, indeed. And I did not get kidnapped along the way. That's good. Uh, yeah, and, and thanks to our uh, uh, an Instagram follower of ours, uh, Laura Ween thirteen. They uh, wished me luck that I didn't get kidnapped, as uh, <laughs> at least. Two or three, I think, uh, characters got kidnapped along the way to Risa. So, so thanks for that. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so so we are back, and uh, we got a really fun episode this uh, this time around. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do our top ten Q episodes, the immortal Q. Exciting, huh? The um, omnipotent Q? Question mark. Omnipotent. The inimitable, as he refers to himself sometimes. <laughs> Did I say that right? Is that even a word? Inimitable? I think it is. In- inimitable, yeah. Okay. Inimitable, is that what you said? Right? I think so. I don't know. I know uh, John you, Delancey said it a bunch of times. You threw me off guard with the first time, so I don't even remember what you said. You could have said it right. <laughs> I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, give me that, will you? Well, we'll see. Yeah. Either way, he refers to himself in a lot of different ways, but uh, we're talking John Delancey as Q. We're talking top 10 Q episodes. Um, some fun stuff. We'll get into that in a few. But uh, before that, Luke, I got a little housekeeping, if that's okay, okay. from our last episode. Please. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm going to be constantly giving this man a shout out. So, I, I want another shout out to Phil Ferrand. Um, Phil Ferrand is the author of the the very popular 90s books, the Next Gen- or the Nitpickers Guides, uh, the Next Generation Nitpickers Guide, the Deep Space Nine Nitpickers Guide. He did an original series, and he did an X-Files Nitpickers Guide. Oh, I didn't he, know um, nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was the X-Files, the X-P-H-I-L-E-S um, <laughs> Guide to X-Files. Cool. So, big fan of the shows. What he would do is he would just break down each episode um, and just really point out the plot inconsistencies, the gaffes, the errors, um, mm-hmm. just for fun. Uh, he was a, he was a diehard fan, but he also loved just picking apart the little little problems that we'd find in our in our favorite uh, galaxy. And uh, 
you know, I, uh, I, I constantly find myself bringing things up that I kind of probably was inspired uh, by reading these books. Um, you know, I should say I'm constantly bringing things up that I learned from the books that I uh, sort of learned how to look at Star Trek in yeah. a different way, reading these yeah. books. It kind of made me look at it in an objective manner. Uh, so, you know, if I do it, you know, without letting letting you guys know that, that it was inspired by mm-hmm. Phil Ferrand, I apologize. But every once in a while, I catch myself. And the last episode, you know, I did mention the uh, the lunacy, sheer lunacy of bringing someone, restoring someone's, you know, physical state back by taking a hair out of their hairbrush and using the transporter <laughs> filter to sort of just de-age them or bring them back. Yes. Or, yes. And that that was all Phil Ferrand. I mean, that was one of the big gaffes from the season two uh, portion of that book. So <laughs> well, there, fun- there was that. The funny thing is, like, um, when you when you mentioned that specific thing, um, I immediately knew it was from the Nitpickers Guide um, and didn't even think twice about um, actually, like, mentioning that, you know, to our listeners. Because I, I feel like those those guides informed so much of our um, our, our knowledge, like, of, of the, the, the details of the Star Trek universe since, you know, for, for decades now, you know, or, you know, I guess we, I should say we read them decades ago. I haven't revisited them. I don't know about you, but it's definitely so much that I learned from there that it's just a part of my normal Star Trek knowledge. I consider at this point. No doubt. I mean, no doubt. Like I'm, I'm, I no, I don't have them more cause I wore them out. Like I literally, <laughs> no, really, I really I literally I know, picked I them up and just looked at them so often. One of the main reasons why, and this is a, this is just an interesting pre-internet thing, is that like it had the episodes listed in there, right? And that sounds silly to say, maybe if you're listening and you're under the age of I don't know, uh, you know, thirty-eight, but, um, you know, just just having the episodes listed in order was a thing. Like we didn't have that; you had to buy books for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, obviously the internet's out and IMDb, and you could look at any, uh, you know, any episode and instantly get all the episodes and all. The, I mean, I'm sorry, any show and get all the episodes and all the info. But just having all of them, all of that sort of cataloged, um, other than owning the videos themselves, if you bought them from Columbia House or something, you yeah, relied right, on some right. of these, some of these, um, you know, these Star Trek companion books or the yeah. Phil Ferran books. And you couldn't even count on the air, the 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 airing order. If you if you happen to to tape every single one or or jot down in your notebook, uh, you know the, the name of the episode uh, and what order it aired in as you're watching it, like because that doesn't necessarily mean, especially because it was syndicated, right? Um, yeah, totally. Next Gen and 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 DS9 and Voyager uh, and Enterprise. Um, there's no guarantee that you were actually watching it in the order that they were intended to be, and probably later now nowadays on streaming would actually be like in in the same order. Yeah, you know, and, and it's I'm not even sure if I would prefer it, you know, to keep it sort of mm-hmm. out of order, which is the right order, or if they would you know, switch it up <laughs> and change it. You know, yeah, we mentioned yeah. that when we talked about um, you know, the season finale on the season finale up, we mentioned that like, you know, that that last episode of season one Voyager was was, you know, the 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 learning curve. Um, it should have been mm-hmm. the 37s where they encounter immediately Earhart and um, you know, they had that emotional finale where the crew decides to stay. So I mean, that clearly should have, you know, was, 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 um, you know, supposed to be the season finale and, uh, it ended up not being. And it's just kind of, it's kind of screwy that they even, you know, when you buy season one now, like they just leave it the way it was. And, you know, why not just right, right, move it around? Yeah. But then again, if you're a purist, hey, I get it. Um, so yeah. Phil Ferran, yeah, I mean, just a shout out to him there. Um, and, uh, and I did it twice on the last pod, if you can believe that. He talked about how when we talked about the Force of Nature episode where Starfleet was supposed to keep everything under warp five 
um, because mm-hmm. it affected space. Um, I talked about how they kind of abandoned that sort of after that episode. Um, right, right. And that was that was completely, you know, he pointed that out, um, you know, okay. in one of the uh, one of the guys. So I just wanted to also just say that too. Right, right. Gotcha. Props. Cool. Very good. Yeah, and, and listen, they're on Amazon. If you guys want to check them out, they're they're a lot of fun. Um, the Nitpicker's Guide to Next Generation Trekkers was the first one uh, that came out, I believe. So start there, and you'll see all of his other all of his other books. Yeah, really great definitely, stuff. definitely check it out. Yeah, so so we we got top ten Q uh, Q episodes. You want to dive in there? Yeah, I'll start. Yeah, let's let's like just starting. do it. We'll talk about everything along the way. All right, cool. So top ten Q episodes. So um, I believe there are only twelve. Total, yeah, right? you know, we, we crunched the numbers, and please mm-hmm. correct us if we're wrong. I can't imagine we're wrong, but I only counted 12 as well. You know, I counted nine. I'm sorry, I counted, um, yeah, nine on, no, I'm sorry, eight, eight in Next Gen, three right. in Voyager, one in Deep Space. That's what I counted. Like, yep, that's and what I got. And of course, to. we then the, the cameo on Lower Decks, we, yeah, we, we talked about as well, which yeah. we both saw. We did, we recently discussed this. We both saw the episode, <laughs> but we did not get a chance to revisit it. For this pod, since it was a cameo, I think we were both thinking it probably wouldn't make the top 10 for Q right. episodes. Right. If we're sticking to the definition, right? Kind of. Right. I and but, Well, I would um, I would say, I well, first of all, I don't remember a single thing from his cameo <laughs> in that. Right. Um, I remember he wore, I remember, the, I, I looked at the pictures yes. as well, like online. He wore the I do judge. remember he was wearing the judge. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The judge outfit from, <laughs> the famous judge outfit. But uh, I will say that. Uh, even though I don't remember any of it, except that it did happen, I would say it would be my number eleven um, because okay. it's lower decks. That's that's all. It yeah. must have been great. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it was. And you know, it occurs to me that um, for for anyone listening who isn't completely you know fluent or versed in Star Trek, and and if you're an original series fan and you're not really familiar with Q, so um, John Delancey plays Q. Uh, he is an entity who uh, at least, you know, claims to be omnipotent and uh, all-powerful. And uh, he is a thorn in Picard and the Enterprise side for a while. Um, he sort of pops up each season, pretty much, kind of like in a sideshow side Bob kind of way on The Simpsons. Right. Uh, just kind of pops in and, uh, you know, instead of trying to kill Bart, he tries to, you know, either annihilate the universe or just, you know, <laughs> do whatever is, is is you know, What's at his whim? Whatever he feels feels like doing that week, that's what he's just doing. Just mess with John Luke. I mean, he just, yeah, he just likes to mess with John Luke. He started out as no a, as a hundred percent villain menace, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and along the way, he sort of became a you know sort of a lovable you know uh, sort of thorn <laughs> in the side. Like yeah. I said, you know, yeah, um, he ended up becoming a more endearing character, uh, certainly to the fans, but uh, even to. Uh, sure. To Jean Luc and Janeway, for that matter, um, towards especially the especially Janeway, uh, yeah, especially Jane. I was thinking about that. Yeah, he may have been closer to Janeway by the end than he was to Picard, which is really interesting. Yeah, which I'm I'm sure. Well, we might get into. I, I'm guessing we will get into somewhat from our our list. Oh, I'm but, excited. Let's hope. We'll see. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely more of a uh, um, a heart a heartwarming character in in, in Voyager. Yeah, I like mean the, his first appearance. That could be Picard just mellowing him out. Humanity in general, just mm-hmm. sort of him warming to humanity. We know he did that towards the end of Next Gen's run, but and certainly to Picard, he, he certainly you know became fond of Jean Luc, um, or John Luck Pickard, as he refers right, to him. Right, right. Which I, I was going to hold, but telegram I can't. Telegram for. Oh, yeah, telegram. <laughs> 
or like flowers or something. <laughs> yeah, is there a John Luck Pickard here? Oh my god, that, that that's one of the laugh out loud moments when I first watched it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, John Delancey was so perfect. He had so much fun. Obviously, I should say it looks. I didn't know the guy, but it looks like he had so much fun playing this this yeah. part. Um, yeah, I assume I he is because he's coming back for Picard season two. So I, assume, I mean, mm-hmm. no spoilers there. It was in the trailer, but uh, right. I assume he's uh, he's having fun and always did playing playing Q. Um, I yep. feel like the other characters who have played Qs as well are fun and uh, having fun, and maybe we'll get into that as well. But uh, sure. Uh, so on, on that note, actually, there's yeah. a good point uh, to raise is that um, Q is not just uh, an individual. He's he's a member of a continuum called Q. Again, for anyone who might not be familiar, um, so they they exist on a very much higher plane and and uh, than you know the galaxy's uh, intelligent life. But uh, great yeah, point. We could, yeah, we could edit this. Sorry. I feel like uh, I feel like we we should be uh, you know pointing that kind of stuff out. Yeah, and then as soon as I started talking about it, I I realized I was way over my head. I didn't think about <laughs> well, <you're laughs> exactly how to describe the con- the continuum. You're close to omnipotent, my friend, but you're not quite there yet. <laughs> so let's uh, let's yeah. let's not you know kill ourselves too much. Okay. All right. So one more thing I should say. So just so we don't sort of you know slide ass backwards into this along the way, while we're talking about it, we did. Um, I did choose my Q uh, top ten based mm-hmm. on really just um, the fun of it, kind of. That was the the key ingredient. Uh, how much fun I always have fun watching Q, but really the episodes that I thought were the most fun or maybe the most inventive or creative seems like that's kind of what made most of my um, top ten list happen. However, there is an element of uh, you know personal, just personal love for some of these episodes that are in there as well. So a couple might have you know squeaked in. A little higher than they would have because they were near and dear to my uh, to my heart, and just uh, cool. definitely more loosey goosey than normal with with this top ten for me anyway. Well, yeah, that sounds just about right because that's um, I am normally loosey goosey, and uh, you just exactly described how I chose my episodes. All right, beautiful. That seems that that'll make some interesting uh, interesting choices. Let's uh, can't wait to hear your top ten. Do you want to you want to kick it off? Yeah, let's go. Go. Number 10, Next Generation, Deja Q. Ooh, nice. um, so this is the episode where Q um, is punished by the Continuum um, uh, for kind of being a total like maniac uh, jerk <laughs> maniac, in, in, the, that's true. in his previous appearance, which um, we might get to. We will get to. I'll just tell you that uh, yeah. on my list anyway. But um yeah, so the, the continuum punishes him by, by making him human and uh, – Well, he, he chose and, humanity. No yes. Okay. Ver, right. Very true. He um, – I guess they – I should say they punished him by making him mortal and he got to choose what mortal being he could be, right? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, he chose human and basically showed up on the Enterprise. <laughs> Much alert. to everyone's chagrin, of course. Hello. Um his yeah, so he's, are always great. Oh, the best, the best. He was even um, naked, right? Yes, right, right. He just falls so they, in. They, and they got him naked. a uniform. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he always Love likes it. to show up. You know, when he when he's not human, you know, when he's uh, omnipotent, he, he always likes to show up in a in a Starfleet captain's uh, uniform. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so this time he got he got uh, a real uniform made for him. I think. 
Yeah. So <laughs> again, much to Jean Luc's chagrin, he uh, um, he chose to uh, want you know try to to worm his way onto the Enterprise to live with them and and to to be uh, <laughs> Jean Luc is like basically his uh, his his best friend. Uh, he probably has <laughs> his only friend, as I think he pointed out. Right? That's a, yeah. I think he does. You're right. Because he pretty much said when he, when he first shows up, and if they get some clothes on him, he kind of just you know, because <laughs> in all the universe, you know, Jean Luc paraphrasing, of course, you know, you are mm-hmm. the closest thing I have to a friend. Yes. <laughs> yes. Patrick Stewart's face, by the way, was great after he said that. <laughs> He's like, Jesus well, yeah. Christ. In general, I'll say that re- the reactions that the actors give um, <laughs> in all cue scenes. across episodes um are just usually just priceless they're anywhere from (laughs) priceless to to just like uh, amazing they sailed right past like this is oh this is like this is an amazing being that we need to like study and we're fascinated by (laughs) they immediately went to like oh my god i'm so tired of this guy like like it took maybe three episodes and they were they were just done they were done exploring who he was or what he was about (laughs) what the cute they were just like oh just get off the ship get off the ship it's their mission (laughs) Yeah. Picard pointed that out early on. Like, you were, in fact, our, our mission, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, like, now it's like, ugh. Right, right. Part of, yeah, part here, of the mission. It's like a virus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think this was the uh, his third appearance, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if you I include think... the the uh, premiere episode, as, uh, parts one and two, as, as one episode. It'd be the fourth, actually. If, if Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you're going to carry on Firepoint. You got um, the hide and cue in this first season right. as well. And right. then um, Q Who, the Borg episode. So Deja yes. Q in the yes. third season would be the fourth one, yeah. And I might not right. have known that if I didn't, you know, dive into all things Q this past, uh, you know. Oh, stop. You knew it. You knew yeah, it. Yeah, I knew it. All right. You know, you're right. I'm, why, why, am I, why am I doing that to myself? I know. Seriously. I um, God bless you. You know me. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, like, I love this episode because it was great to see him um, just suffer mortal conditions like back pain, <laughs> hunger, fatigue. And getting stabbed in the hand with a fork by Guinan. Right. Um, that was pretty Seems awesome. Human enough to me. <laughs> and for him, yeah, and for him, right. And just for him to like experience serious, severe pain. Like it was it was great. Um so true. But uh, you know, he also uh it's a great character um uh episode for him. Um, you know, usually one we don't really get to see, um, at least not not on next generation, I'd say we don't get to see him um, grow as a character, like like in an episode, say that that much as much as we did in this one. Um, he ends up like right, I think right. He he ends up really um, as a human, like actually starting to empathize with the human condition, and um, ends up sacrificing uh, his life, or or you know he tries to sacrifice his life to save the Enterprise, because <laughs> one of the funniest parts, uh, premises of the episode is that like he's fucked with so many uh, beings <laughs> right. over you know, the billions of years of the universe, <laughs> that now <laughs> everyone's found, like everyone somehow, you know, found out that he's human, and they're just coming after him. It's like a cop just movie. Kill him. You know, the cop movie where the, where the cop yes. gets arrested and he gets yes. they put him in Gen Pop and all the villains he put all the uh, bad guys he put away, you know exactly. And he's exactly. just completely fucked. That's that's a perfect analogy. So uh, so anyway, so he ends up trying to sacrifice himself uh, by um, leaving the Enterprise's protection of, from this from this one uh, species that are just trying to destroy the Enterprise because they know he's on it. So that was that was pretty cool uh, character stuff for him. No doubt. Um, no doubt. We also get to meet. Another cue for the first time, yeah, played by Corbin Benson, 
Corbin Benson Corbin, Burnson. 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 Yep. Yeah. Not not Benson. Um that's called a, himself Q two. That's what he called himself. Uh no no, I'm he? sorry, not in the episode. Nope. Uh, there was a behind the scenes thing I remember watching when I was Oh, a kid. okay, okay. Okay. And gotcha. he was doing like um either like uh average like like press for it or something, or I just remember huh. him doing a behind the scenes thing and they made him disappear. He said Q two signing off and he disappeared like in the in the interview. It was kind of oh, funny. nice. Yeah, yeah, I remember that very clearly. That's funny. Yeah, at the time, he was the only other Q we ever saw. And, and of course, I also just have to point out, um, at the end, uh, after he became... So Corbin burns and makes him a Q again. Like, they, he's actually... Yeah. The Q, the continuum is impressed that he made the sacrifice, so they give him his powers back. Um, and to celebrate, he shows up uh, on the bridge of the Enterprise, as, <laughs> as he is wont to do. Um, this time... Uh, in a mariachi band, decked out in full mariachi regalia. <laughs> right. um, so ludicrous. I was rewatching this episode and I watched it at one and a half speed on Netflix. Yes. And let me just say how marvelous it was to watch that scene in one and a half speed. Really? Uh, why? Just, just, just him playing the mariachi, like playing the trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so ludicrous, even more ludicrous than it, it would have been at normal speed. That's, um, what made you? What made you watch it at that speed? Oh, just to like, I, I just wanted to like reacquaint myself with, um, with a lot of these. Um, and oh, just, oh, just so you did that time. to sort of make it a quicker? Oh, that, that's, that's that's yeah, smart, yeah. Actually. You know, I make it into like a thirty minute instead of forty forty five minutes. It totally uh, makes sense. You know, they, they used to just do that crap, like on on networks. Like they would just ten percent. Oh episode. yeah, right. I know, right. Like, it, would, it would be a lot less I know obvious. Friends used to do it all the time when they were trying really? to like, like sync up like 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 a like an act break or something. Uh, maybe not an act break, but like when they were trying to like move to the next scene quicker. But it was mm. so badly done. Like all of a sudden, Joey would just walk really fast towards a. Wow, it was so stupid. I you know I kind of I think I kind of know what you're talking about. I think I feel like I've seen that too. In animation, the um, Simpsons do it a lot, and the, but in animation, it doesn't have such an effect on the eyes, right, you know. But when right. you're watching like human beings yeah. move at an unnatural <laughs> speed, it, it just it's right. so obvious. That's that's insane. Yeah. So what you're using it for though is actually very good. I'm complimenting you. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I uh, I was always against the notion of of watching something not at its normal speed, <laughs> uh, but I will say for research purposes, uh, for 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 this podcast, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. I might try that, actually. That's great. Especially if it's one you've seen a few times, but you just want to refresh yourself for the pod. That's what you know? it is, right. Yeah, right. Totally I was so sense. familiar. Uh, we were talking about this before. Um, you know, you said you were, you were very familiar um, and, and fresh in your memory most of the Q episodes. Um, yeah. And I would say I was uh, maybe about half, 50-50. Um, so oh. I ended up just watching all of them because um, I had vacation. I was away. Oh. I was awake after everyone was asleep, and I just watched like two or three episodes a night to spend yeah. a vacation. I love it. You're number ten. All right, my number ten is Q-less, the Deep Space Nine um, Q episode. This okay. l- 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 let me put this right out there up front. This was not a good episode. Okay, agreed. Um, however, uh, I have it on there because uh, I was very, very, very excited. Um, again, I didn't watch it as it aired, but when I started watching all the back D Space Nine episodes and I realized there was a Q one. I was very, very excited. So I was very pumped for it. Um so this this squeaks onto the list because it's the only DS9 on here. Mm-hmm. We get another look at Vaj, which I like. Um yes. and um and he it's so silly. The the, the plot is terrible. So I mean <laughs> 
and and I kind of have a theory as to why this this doesn't really work. So this is this is the only episode other than one other one that I could think of Q episode I should say the only Q episode mm-hmm. other than another one that we will talk about later that where Q is not sort of driving the plot forward. He is reacting yes. to what's right. happening in the plot. Right. So he's just Which kind of insane, tagging along. Kind of, it, it really is. With, yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely is. Um, you know, to use the same same analogies before, like, like, why would you have a Sideshow Bob episode on The Simpsons where, like, he was just watching Homer do something at work? Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. So, right. so other, yeah, other than, than um, one more Q episode, uh, Death Wish, uh, you know, this is the only one okay. where Q is sort of, you know, he's not, you know, driving the plot forward. So that just did not work. Um, I think it might have worked for the other one, but we'll get to that. Um, mm. So this episode was very amusing. Like, you know, his interplay with Cisco was interesting. Um, you know, really just comparing him and telling him he's just not up to what Picard's up to, you know. You're pretty much telling <laughs> right. him you're not Picard, you know. Oh, no, I, yeah. I, I, I could – you're much easy, much more easy to provoke, um, you know, so <laughs> – and he really just bounces around and talks about how how crappy oh the Enterprise would have had this solved you know hours ago you know it's just right. it's right. brutal really for the DS9 crew yeah. an odd choice for the early in the first season you know it's like the seventh episode or something you know and yeah I know I'm surprised the audience at that, that it just doesn't I didn't work. remember it was so early on yeah so so it, again not a great episode but uh you know it is Q he is walking around on D Space Nine um I do like the, the dynamic between him and Vosh. I think it makes total sense that she would hook up with Quark, which I liked when they tried to sell mm. the items that you brought back from the Gamma yeah. Quadrant. Not romantically. We, we, no, no, we I mean of course there was Umox involved, of course. Um Well, yeah. Apparently, no, you know, that's if that's the equivalent of just stroking some person's you know what, then I mean, they just do it in public. They don't they don't care. I mean, th- yeah, this no, wasn't you're right. I totally forgot about time, that part. But. You're right. Yeah, they they definitely she well I mean she does it to her, to, to achieve her own ends but of course. Uh, she she really seduces him actually with, with the, yeah. the earlobes. She gives him a little so, earlobe. Yeah. So really not much more to say there. Uh it, it squeaked into my top 10 so uh kudos to Qless you made it to the list. The list that only I care about but still kudos. Nice. Well, you know what? Um another thing I I, I one thing I did like about that episode was uh seeing what people outside of uh, the next generation, and even specifically the Enterprise, knew about Q, um, mm. just from his exploits on the Enterprise, That's in, great in, point. you know, previous history. Um, that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, it makes sense. So Kira people, had no idea who it was. Right, right. But Cisco and was, some, yeah, Cisco yeah. Dax, and of course O'Brien. That was a cool moment where O'Brien yes. just sort of saw him on the promenade, and it was like, oh bloody hell, you know. So bloody that, hell, that was cool. exactly, yeah. Exactly. That was that was great. <laughs> Again, going back to what you're saying, it wasn't like, oh no, it's it's cute, you know, like holy shit. Right. Um, it was just like, oh, bloody hell. There's something else I gotta deal with. <laughs> First Keiko, now this. Right, right. All right, that's okay. it. Number ten. Number ten. My number nine. Q two. Q two. Um not Corbin this, versus. Not bo- right. He probably meant it as Q T O O. Oh, interesting. Um, Maybe you did. I'm, I'm guessing. But yeah, the name of this episode is Q and then the number two. Um, and the reason why, so this is a Voyager episode. It's one of three that he was in, uh, in uh, one of three episodes, Voyager episodes that he appeared in. And he has a son, um, which we find out that um, he's going to be procreating in his previous appearance. Um, Indeed. I forget the name offhand of that episode. The Q and the Gray. Uh, Q and the There you go. I knew you'd know it. Um, sure. So, uh, sure. 
Yes, continue. No, I just mean um, I'm happy to help. I, I didn't mean that as a. Uh, I know. I of course, know. I knew it. Jerk off. You know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying not to step on your 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 time to talk here. I was just like, ah, yeah, sure. I got it. I got you, buddy. <laughs> I know. It came yeah. off douchey. Sorry, folks. I love it. So yeah, so he shows up in the episode, this episode, and uh, with his son, um, who is also a member of the Q Continuum. Um, his name is also Q, as are all the individuals from the Q Continuum. Uh, he's a teenager, um, I guess. He's probably like you know, like seventeen, eighteen, or something. Right off the bat, I mean, it was, it, you know, it was. It's not my favorite episode. Um, well, it's obviously number nine out of twelve, but. Um, <laughs> That had some cool stuff. Um, first of all, it was really good casting, just just appearance wise. Um, I, I unfortunately I don't know the name of the actor who played Q two, but um, well, he's actually a John Delancey's son. Did you know that? Get out of here! Yeah, that's Keegan that Delancey. Well, that explains it all. <laughs> he has a great casting. Yeah, <laughs> I meant to look when I was rewatching. I meant to look who played him. Um, no, well, that's why I I I, I was just like. Wow, he really looks like John Delancey. Like this is really good casting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's I'm funny. Real quick, I had the same exact moment looking at the um, the uh, the trailer for the Sopranos movie that's coming out soon. Oh right, myself, right. Oh yeah. my god, that kid is perfect. He even looks like James Gandolfini. Well, he, he's his kid. So that's, right, right. Sometimes the the simplest solution is is the 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 best one. The uh, yes. Occam's razor. Occam's razor. I Thank paraphrased, you. but uh, <laughs> Thank you. You have totally paraphrased. paraphrased. <laughs> Sometimes this thing's better than that. Occam's razor. <laughs> back, back to you, sir. Yes, back to Q. So, uh, so anyway, so 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 Q is basically like, oh, I don't know how to raise this kid. He he brings him to Janeway, um, and you know, since now he kind of has a relationship with Janeway uh, from his previous two appearances, he he takes away Q, his son's powers uh, and makes him. Kind of as a punishment, but kind of as a, to like, you know, like teach this kid some responsibility, like, because he would just do like insane shit. Um, so, so, you know, Janeway, of course, reluctantly um, takes him. She's like, you should be parent. Why, why am I, why am I have to be the parent here? Um, but, you know, he's cute. So, and like, Kathy. Uh, <laughs> and Kathy, right. He kind of at first is like, uh, this is stupid. Why are we doing this stuff? Like, we could just be using, the Q's powers to like, you know, to, to do whatever. And, uh, but you know, he, he comes to appreciate hard work and what it's, what it's good for. And then the rewards of, um, yeah, you know, the rewards of, of doing the work, yeah. uh, instead of taking the, sh- the easy way and the shortcut or cheating as it were, which is what he does at first. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, so, so what I kind of liked about that story specifically here is it's kind of a good parable for why um, why Janeway wouldn't want Q to just kind of like whisk them back to Earth. You know, in 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 their first encounter, uh, tries to kind of um, entice her. I don't remember the exact details, but obviously, like he had his own ulterior motives. But like he he basically said, like, "Hey, if you want, I could just bring you back to Earth." You know, if you, don't you have rule, to spend, rule like, in his favor in in the the, the that's trial. Right. That's right. right. Yeah, exactly. He even showed um, her. He brought her. He they, technically he did bring her back to yeah. Earth just to show her real quick through the through the, yep. the window out in space. Yeah, yeah. He's like, look out the window, and she like kind of like caught her well, breath. I love like how she. Breath, I love how she yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm stepping on your toe, but I, I, no, I no. love how she played that moment. Like she 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 was like, oh my god, I'm I'm back home. Like I know exactly. Um, Kate Mulgrew played that really well. She did absolutely. But anyway, so um. 
Yeah, so, I mean, obviously she wouldn't have accepted that as a bribe to rule and she was being a judge, <laughs> you know, in, in the dispute with the Q. Um, so, you know, she wouldn't have traded her uh, <laughs> her basic, you know, uh, foundational <laughs> ethics for uh, just to get back to Earth. Because she wanted to ride but, a centaur. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she did. Maybe she did. To get that joke, please see previous episode, Next Generation Season 8 Tweets. Back to your show. But, you know, it, it's more than that. And this, this episode kind of, um, I think, illustrated that, like, they want to get back to Earth, of course, more than anything, but they wanted to do it the right way and 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 um, not cheat, as it were. They don't really, she, you know, she doesn't she doesn't say this out loud or anything. Uh, they don't state it explicitly in the episode, but I feel like it, maybe it was intentional. Um, you know, this story is is kind of uh, a bit of a parable to 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 why she wouldn't um, want Q to just like cheat and bring them back to earth it's really interesting um, i never I didn't think of it like that um because you know, they do, they do be... bring it up at the end um but not yeah but not, certainly not not disproving anything you're saying I, I think i think what you're saying is true actually you know but he he kind of gave him a little a thank you he cut some years off their journey but only a right. few and she was like exactly you can't, you can't just do the whole shebang and he's like well come on yeah Gotta earn it yeah well that's the thing that, that's what made me actually kind of think about that uh think about all this because um, I believe he didn't, um, like he didn't just like magically make them several years closer to earth. He showed her how to do something that would improve their, their, their travel time oh, that's right. by those that's right. of years. So, and I, I feel like that's the only way, that's the only reason Janeway even accepted it. Um, mm, right. you know, but, um, anyway, enough babbling about that aspect of it, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, there wasn't too much more in that episode um, that really struck me. But one 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 thing that really was <laughs> was pretty funny, and, and obviously a callback to um, what actually got him uh, punished by the continuum and made mortal. That I mentioned from the last episode. Uh, in this episode, he says to his son, "He's like, you know, if the continuum continuum has told you once, it's told you a thousand times. Don't provoke the Borg." Um, <laughs> Because in the beginning of the episode, you know, his son is just like, ah, let's see what you guys can do against the Borg. And just I like know, snaps his brutal. fingers. And, um, so I thought that was that was a really awesome callback. And very <laughs> Even funny. the Q have a little reservation about e- the Borg. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, let so, me just say, uh, yeah. this did not make my list. So just okay. so real quick, just, you know, yeah, you know, I, I got to say, I, I think it was the writing. I don't think it was the actor. Um, I think I think he was charismatic enough towards the end. Uh, Keegan Delancey, mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, you know, he was sort of half trying to do an impression of his father, half trying to just do his own thing, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought they made him just way too mean-spirited in the beginning. It was very, very annoying. And I kind of didn't get oh, over that. Yeah. Um, I totally agree you know, with that. I, yeah. I love that they paired him up with Icheb, you know, a kid his age. Like, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was just he was just, just a little too, you know, the arrogance and, and the, 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 the mean-spiritedness was a little too on the nose for me. I, I didn't get over it, actually. Upon rewatch, I was kind of like, oh, nope, this is an easy... This is an easy thing to not put on the list. Totally get it, and, and totally agree with, with 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 that assessment. But hey, you made your list, and that's great. And that was your number nine. So yeah. uh, my number nine is True Q, uh, Next All Generation. Right. Uh, what is that? I want to say season six. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think so. I think it was. Uh, it was. So it was Amanda, late. It was later in the series. Yeah. 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 It was toward, towards the end. Uh, so Amanda Rogers. Uh, is um, this human girl who comes on to the Enterprise to, you know, 
pursue her studies and continue her, uh, you know, her work. She's a, you know, a brilliant kid, prodigy, that kind of thing. Um, you know, it turns out she's, she's a Q. Uh, and, uh, Q sort of pops in there to kind of, you know, train her in the ways of the Q and really just kind of, all right, I'm taking her with me. She's a Q. She belongs with us. And there's a whole thing there. Um, we talked about this on a previous episode because the moment, one of those moments where the crew reactions you're talking about. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Did you, did you catch it this time? Uh huh. Sure when you did. watched it, just crushers, oh, crushers face. Yep. I, I, oh my God. <laughs> Q is like this omnipotent, like being who's been around for billions of years, right? But he's still making sex puns. Like I love it. Like he still, <laughs> he still can't resist the urge to just look at the woman in the room and give her a wink because he mentioned procreation. Like it's, it's so base. Like I mentioned last time and just crushes yeah. face was just phenomenal. She's just like unbelievable. Um, I think what elicited that wink at Crusher <laughs> for no reason, really. It was just like she had me the closest woman, I guess, or maybe right. was, she was already looking at him. But uh, <laughs> but he was talking about uh, Amanda's parents <laughs> and just said, you know, when they decided to conceive a child, <laughs> like he, he's just, just saying it derisively about them. Right. right, he was just right. He wasn't talking about like specifically sex or yeah, exactly practical like procreation. Right, just having a child. Yeah, having a child. He's like, you know what I mean? Maybe <laughs> unbelievable. But right. he, but he, so but he pulls it off, man. He's John Delancey's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. So uh, incidentally, if, if you know, like John, he's all. I also love him on uh, West Wing. He was great on Breaking Bad. Right, he was. Um, oh, right, right. He was Kristen Ritter's father. Who ended up causing the uh, crash at the end of season yeah. two? Spoiler alert! And yeah. uh, and he recurring on the West Wing, so he's a great actor all around. Just yeah. a quick shout out to anybody who you know is curious to wants to look him up. He's not just uh, Star Trek awesome; he's other things awesome as well. Uh, Jenny knew him so he, from uh, some some sort of uh, some soap opera. Um, oh, he's a very really? long running character. Yeah, before so when when before Next Gen aired, like when she first saw him on Next Gen back when it aired, she already knew him. Oh, that's from, the, uh, other some than soap Q. opera. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I when I was looking at his IMDb, like I saw some old pictures, but I had no idea what it was from. Mm. Um, most of it was Star Trek um, and Breaking Bad that I could see. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So this episode is just a just a good plot, <clears throat> cool plot. I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Olivia Diabo is the actress who played. Um, yes. I think yeah, and I know her from uh, Conan the Destroyer. Uh, <laughs> The horrible <laughs> sequel to Conan the uh, Barbarian. Wow. But, uh, I don't remember her. She was like the, the I barely princess. remember that movie, but. She was the princess okay. they, uh, that Will, Will Chamberlain was guarding the whole time. Okay. I'm going to repeat that for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> she played the princess in Conan the Destroyer that Wilt Chamberlain was guarding the whole time. If you know sports, <laughs> yeah, Wilt Chamberlain was in a Conan movie. It was a horrible movie, but. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that's where I knew her from. So she was really good. You know, it's also interesting to point out that all of these other characters, these actors who play a Q, I guess it's a thing where they tell them you got to come up with your own way to flourish your hands to create your power. Because they all had a different way of doing it, right. if you kind of remember. Yeah. Like good Corbin point. Burnson did it one way. Um, the actor who played uh, uh, Quinn in mm-hmm. Death Wish did it a different way. And she does this thing where she crosses her fingers and – like, you know, mixes her hands Crosses up together. Hands, it's right? kind of yeah, strange, yeah. yeah. But apparently they all kind of come up with their own way to do it. Yeah, a choice. But I mean, it's, you know, it was something. It was interesting. Yeah. We so I liked it. her. So it was a good plot. You know, it uh, turns out uh, that the Q sort of um, killed her parents because they tried to break away from the Q, if I remember correctly. I did not rewatch this one this for the research, uh, but I just kind of, I watched it recently. 
Um, so it's not super fresh, but it's there. Uh, yeah. So I think that's what happened. And uh, no, it's just just an interesting episode. The plot kind of kept me into it, and I liked her, and I liked their interaction. Their little game of hide and seek was pretty fun. Um, yes. You know, hiding outside the Enterprise while it's at warp was kind of cool. Just kind of standing right. on the hall. Right. Uh, you know, I think they um, – somewhat similar to another Void to Voyager episode we'll get to later where they did kind of a another hide and seek with 2Q. So that's that's kind of revisiting that. Oh, so okay. it was a lot of fun. You know, the Death Wish episode. Yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they hit in the Big Bang and they hit, you know, a bunch of different places <laughs> on a, as a Christmas tree ornament, right? Um, right. Right. And, and if you don't know what we're talking about, I do apologize. You, you're really lost in this pod if you don't know the character of Q. If you're just a Kirk Spock fan, and you you know, or even just Discovery, and you don't know what we're talking about, you must be lost. But yeah, I assure you, this sorry, is a guys. fun, fun way to plug into these shows because because these uh, Q episodes are a lot of fun. So yeah, my number nine, True Q. Not much more to say about it. Love the plot, love the characters, love everything about it. Good job. Yeah. Cool. What else you got on that um, one? Anything? Uh, maybe, maybe later I will. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're number so eight. I'll go to my number eight instead. Cupid. Next gen. A fun app. Yeah. Pretty fun. Um, you know, first of all, uh, let me point out like how you, uh, you know, you said you really loved that episode. That was your number nine. All these episodes are great. Um, right. I mean, I, the only one, uh, one, again, I reserve to say isn't great was the Q-less. Everything after yeah, that yeah, I yeah. like. Yeah. My number 10, 12, 11, 10, I'm not crazy about. Nine through yeah. one, I like a lot. There you go. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> For me. So, so let me say almost all of these are great. <laughs> yeah, so so Cupid. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. Really dumb, actually. <laughs> a lot of dumb shit in this one. It um, doesn't hold up as well as it did in 1990, it, whatever. It doesn't. It's still got, you know. It, I guess. It, it, oh, was it that late? It was season four, so okay. Yeah, I feel like it was ninety-one. Uh, yeah, ninety-one, I guess. It just, just random. Uh, so, so Q. <laughs> I won't even get into it, but Q. Uh, <laughs> you know what people will understand this one, so let's talk about the plot of this one. Yeah, okay. So, so Q um, decides to. All right. Well, okay. So, so first of all, um, uh, we've mentioned Vash. Um, Vash or Vash? I can't remember that. They pronounce it differently. It. Of course, well, Brian yeah. says Vash. Everyone else says Vash. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Um, so uh, she is um, a love interest of Picard's. And uh, you, you slowly figure that out. She shows up in the Enterprise. They're, you know, uh, Picard is, is giving like an archaeology talk. And she's apparently a fellow amateur archaeologist, I think. Or as it turns out, more of a uh, Indiana Jones type. a More yes, of a... Yeah, more more of a uh, I'm gonna steal these things and okay, so he he at least brings them to the museums, but you know she's kind of like the villain in Dan Jones. Movie. So he's in the Indiana Jones. And <laughs> she she's tries on to solo, just make basically. money. Yeah, basically, right, right. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and there's your uh, Han hand debate as well, Vosh Vash. <laughs> it's funny, we'll I not get into in that. my head when when you mentioned that. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I should have just resisted the urge to. It's, you know, it's, it's good. I don't resist. I urges. have more self control than you. You uh, definitely you do. That. Continue, please. Um, <laughs> um, so, so, so. Anyway, now you're gonna have to help me with this because I actually don't don't remember. So, uh, yeah. So I don't we like met her. We met her in, in the, the third weeds. season. We met her in the third season for Captain's Holiday. So uh, Picard went to Risa, like Luke just got oh, back from. Right. And right. Uh, and and that that's where he met Vash. She was doing exactly what you said she does. She was trying to find an artifact. Um, the um. Uh, I'll think of it later. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so she was trying to find uh, something uh, to sell. 
to make money. And Picard mm-hmm. uh, just sort of got sucked into this adventure, sort of tricked into it. Uh, but along the way, mm-hmm. you know, they they had a little, uh, you know, little relationshipy thing going on, and they they had a ended up having a fun time. Picard had a relaxed vacation, and then yeah, and then she shows up on the Enterprise a year later. I didn't remember that she was a previously known character. Um, oh yeah. Because I, I rewatched this one, I didn't remember this one, except for the obvious, which I'll get to in a second. But um, yeah, Jennifer no, that's Hedrick. interesting. Good actress. What? Jennifer Hedrick. Oh yeah, yes, Good actress. right. Um. So anyway, so you have to help me with this part. I, I, how do, how do we get from A to B? Where you know <laughs> that's that's the premise of the episode, it's and then Q shows up and makes them. Well, you already uh, brought it, it up. So in Deja's Q, to, when Picard protected him, yes. Yes. He needed to repay right. that favor. So he shows up right, in, Q, right. in Cupid in the season four, the next year, a year later, I should say. And mm-hmm. he sees that Picard and Vash are fighting. He okay. sort of eavesdrop, eavesdrops on their on their fight. So right, uh, right. so he decides that the favor he's going to give Picard is to sort of, you know, patch, patch things up between them. But the way he chooses to do that, <laughs> I'll let you explain. Well, if you remember. He banishes them, he banishes them to um, – uh, to, to medieval uh, England, Sherwood Forest specifically, and yeah. they are all characters from th- the story of Robin Hood. Um, Picard she, is Robin uh, Hood, of course. R- Picard is Robin Hood. Uh, <laughs> Worf, I'm not sure who he's supposed to be, but he does exclaim that he is not a merry man. He's Will Scarlet, um, I think. <laughs> right, yes, right. I yeah, am not a merry man. And first of all, I think it's great that Worf not only like knows... Of yeah, Robin right. Hood, but he knows right. enough to think of himself. Oh, great! Now I'm a merry man. He knows that he, <laughs> those are groupies part that? of. How does he know? I mean, I know he was raised by you know, human parents. Yeah, because I, I gave mean, that thought. So maybe still. they transfer the. T- I mean, they're Russian, though, right? I don't know how popular Robin yeah. Hood is in Russia, but maybe it is. I don't yeah, know. that's a good point. But good he's point. not a merry man, right? <laughs> uh, data is uh friar tuck with right. the bald circle like you know uh, right. uh monk hair christian monk hair sure um so that's, that's a little disturbing looking anyway I, I, once again i can't really tell you exactly what the point of all this is so yeah I so he really he, don't remember he tries to get picard to reenact robin hood's rescue of maid marion from nottingham castle so right. he kidnaps vosh puts her in the castle and threatens to marry her off to guy of gisborne um, played mm-hmm. by somebody else. He's playing the sheriff of Nottingham. Q, that is. So right. he pretty much forces the Enterprise crew to rescue Maid Marion from Nottingham Castle before uh, the wedding. Uh, so Picard can prove his love to Vash. <laughs> so that's so he puts them in this predicament. Something Q, if you don't know Q well, he does all the time. He always puts them in these crazy, you know, situations where they have no choice but to fight for their lives or, you know, mm-hmm. really just deal with his his, you know, bullshittiness. <laughs> but this is already this is already the fun queue. So, you know, we're already in, in fun queue zone. So Yeah, right. As you mentioned, you know, in, in, in the very beginning his very first appearance, um uh encounter at Farpoint, the, the season uh the series premiere, um, he was pretty much out and out a villain. Uh he was he was, he was you know, he, he was a little silly here and there, especially at the very beginning, just sure. I think to throw everyone off, but uh he was pretty sinister, you know. He was, he was he was scary, yeah. For sure. Um so and but but what's great is that he did it's not like they just his character devolved into like a clown or you know it, <laughs> it it's more like he he warmed up more. It's it, it just feels very true 
uh, for the character that he warmed up as he warmed up to the the crew of the Enterprise and, and Jean Luc in particular. Um, he did kind of let his a bit of a his facade, his menacing facade, uh, down a little totally. bit, and totally. and just had more fun with like you know doing stuff like you said in this case he was trying to repay a favor to Picard and <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense like I mean he, Picard's like, like he's not even killed. English on the show you know what I mean he's a French you know <laughs> right. so it's like right. he's really he he's really like patching French, things up between uh... Patrick Stewart and Jennifer Hedrick you know more than he is <laughs> Picard and Vosh right and they all could have like actually died in this oh yeah um, he always makes it real otherwise you know I yes. mean Troy did shoot Data right in the chest with an arrow, which was hilarious. <laughs> right. Just right. practicing zany, zany stuff. Zany stuff. Uh, so just a few uh, – uh, Just so why there's like number eight and not like number 11 or 12, honestly, <laughs> yeah. um, is first of all, um, the love triangle between Picard and Vosh and Beverly – um, mm. it, they didn't, they didn't touch on it that much, but in the beginning before the Q stuff started to happen, um, like Beverly, like, uh, inadvertently intrudes on, on, on Picard and, and Vosh having like, uh, you know, breakfast or something. Um, and, and you find out like, oh, she's there for apparently her and Jean-Luc have, uh, like a weekly, uh, tea session or, or something, morning tea. <laughs> right. Um, like. So you see, you get a little glimpse into like the the vague relationship that they have, and more of a glimpse when you realize how uncomfortable he is with the two of them, uh, you know, meeting and then becoming friendly, and, and uh, it's 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 pretty it's pretty funny to watch him squirm um, with that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, also, <laughs> watching Riker Lothario eyes <laughs> never disappoints. <laughs> um, when Vosh, just, when Vosh, no subtlety to that character forward, at all. The first time we see him in the episode, standing at the bar, um, not even looking at facing the door. And when Vosh walks in, he literally does a double take, right? Just because she's like an, a new, attractive woman, and he it's just like instantly beeline, just right? like yeah, he just makes a beeline for us, right? <laughs> <laughs> and she like Fresh basically meat. buffs him, like not that he like overtly like hits on her, but he's definitely like putting the charm on it immediately. Um, and instantly has to introduce himself. You know? Oh yeah. So that that's always a lot of fun, uh, of course. Um, yeah. So one other thing in the episode is that really made me laugh is that uh, Riker uh, brings Vash onto the uh, onto the bridge, and Worf is just oh. like outraged and flabbergasted when she sits in the when, chair. When he, oh just God. when she walks in, just right. when she she steps onto the bridge, that that and it's Riker doing it. It's not like you know, like some ensign like brought some random civilian onto the bridge. Riker, <laughs> the first officer, is bringing someone on the bridge, and he dares. He's like, so, you know, sir, I wasn't uh, informed uh, ahead of time that there might be a security uh, <laughs> like issue. It. Uh, so great. It's so great. Meanwhile, she's a. Uh, so this is where John Luke sits. You know, she's such a. Yeah. She doesn't care how much of this pot she stirs, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So my number eight is Encounter at Farpoint, the pilot episode. All right. All right. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> we mentioned him in this episode, uh, as far as this episode goes, a couple times. He was just a straight up villain. Um, you know, right. I want to say like five minutes in, but he just he pops up and creates that mm-hmm. wall. Um. So right. he is I don't think the, uh, we see him actually until um, a little further in, but but we see what he's you know his influence and and 
throwing up that net and you know, I mean like you said. I would wager it's less than ten minutes when we actually see him on screen. Like like really? Yeah, I think it's okay. right away. All right. We start out okay. with Picard doing the captain's log and then they kind of launch yeah. right into it, I feel like. But hey, you know what? Okay. Don't quote me on that, but yeah, if I'm putting fifty bucks on it, I'd say it's under ten minutes when he pops okay. up on the bridge. Anyway, right. so yeah, so yeah, I'm, I've got to check that out now, just for fun. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Um, so yeah, so this this was the pilot episode. This one is one of the ones near and dear to my heart. Uh, you know, obviously it's Q's first appearance, and he's just straight up nothing we've ever encountered before, um, mm-hmm. other than you know you could say uh, Trelane from the uh, original series. Yeah, you know yeah. who, you know in uh, in sort of non canonical Trek stories is a Q. Really, uh, Luke and I mentioned Q squared in our intro pod, um, one of the books that sort of helped us bond uh, together over Star Trek. And uh, Trelane from the original series uh, episode, The Squire of Gothos, was a Q in that uh, in that that novel. So it's kind of cool. Uh, Which made sense, yeah. To it, it does retroactively make, sense. make him a Q again. The books aren't canon, as far as I believe. No, I mean certainly um, not not so that one. Doesn't but. mean he's really a Q, but. Um, but it is very cool. It's, it's almost since passed into like com- sort of common knowledge that it is, you know? Um, yeah, That yeah, he is yeah. a Q, kind of. It's sort of like, you know, you just kind of accept it. But uh, right. either way, yeah, this was the pilot episode. So he, he, he busts on the scene as a menace, um, puts humanity on trial. Um, you know, pretty much you're not, you know, exploring any further into the galaxy. You're not worthy. Um, you're still a, you know, a, a, a lowly base species. Um, who hasn't learned a thing and you don't deserve to be traveling in space and pretty much puts the entire concept of Star Trek on trial and on probation. Um, so true. That's such I mean, a good point. yeah, it's just kind of like, all right, this show shouldn't exist because of humanity. <laughs> um, that's so, a great point. I mean, to, to, to think about that, like, yeah, for the writers to say like, hey, you know, what should our first story be about? How about the fact that the entire premise of all of Star Trek maybe yeah. is, you know, it should be challenged. Do we even have the right to be the to be out here, to be doing this? Right. Right. As, as humans. Really Good cool. Point. I mean, we're still yeah. in the Cold War, right? Like, it's interesting because we still, you mm-hmm. know, we still, because they mentioned World War Three, you know, as happening right. in the mid 21st century. And, uh, you know, there's still that Cold War mentality where, you know, nuclear annihilation was still going to, still represented sort of that we haven't, you know, graduated past our infancy, as Picard said. I'm paraphrasing, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, like the threat of, of, you know, nuclear destruction really, Eh, put a crimp in, in humanity style as far as you know, uh, TV and movies go. You know, so, sort of a, 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 a blemish, way, yeah. a blight on our on our record, really. But uh, yeah, but so we we get put on trial, and uh, a lot happens. It's a pilot episode, but Q was uh, was there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it really was a great launch pad for that character to become uh, recurring and become one of the most interesting, charismatic recurring characters I think in TV history. Um, I think uh, I think it's Agreed. the perfect blend of actor and character, and I think uh, the way they wrote this character uh, was really, really, really good. Uh, especially when they really settled into it and got to know him a little better. Um, we'll talk about that a little more in 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 another selection I have. But uh, you know, for now, I mean, it's the pilot. You know, I could go on for an hour talking about it. Uh, I won't. But uh, you know, Q's first appearance, uh, my number, my number eight. Cool. My number seven. Yeah. Tapestry. Oh, beautiful episode. Another next gen. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like this should probably be higher, to be honest. But um, like I said, they're they're all good. Um, I this is the this order is 
I have to admit is somewhat random because it's it's really hard to choose uh, between, especially when we get you know, like you said, when we get those f- those three or four out of the way that that weren't that good. But yeah, this is this is great. I mean, um, well, it was basically. So let me just say, first of all, it was great to see Patrick Stewart uh, in another uh rendition of a christmas carol um this was basically (laughs) you know christmas carol um whereas you know patrick stewart is not obviously uh (laughs) uh, ever needs a scrooge but um (laughs) you know the 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 premise of the episode is q uh kind of bringing uh jean-luc back to um a a point in his past where uh, he made a lot of um fateful uh, choices and to basically show him like, well, if you, if you had done any of this differently, you know, you, you, he, he's, he mentions that he regret, you know, he did a lot of things that he was, um, he regrets when he was younger. One of which being <laughs> getting stabbed in the heart yeah. by a Nausicaan, um, which gave, you know, gave him his artificial heart. So, you know, basically the story is, is Q bringing it back and having him make, different choices where he doesn't get stabbed and um well actually that does end up still happening but all the other things that he changed in the past just he 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 sees how it's affected him in the future um and he's just kind of this like doesn't take any risks and you know he's just like kind of like a lowly um like lieutenant i guess on on Enterprise with with the powder with, with with the baby blue, like I love it. He's Picard in blue. It's, it's so, so weird, weird to see him in a blue uh, uniform, I, right? I wrote the word it, jarring. It was jarring to see him in yes, a blue uniform. Yes, in, in a in a wonderful way. Like <laughs> right, it just you just never. First of all, never realize you've never seen him in any other color. The same could go for you know probably most of the the, the main cast. But yeah, it, it was really crazy. It was crazy for him. You know, this was this is like an alternate present. So he's his age, you know, at, at this point. Um Which seemed odd. He's just like Yeah. Yeah. But he's just like a lowly uh you know, junior officer and and Riker I don't remember if Riker's the captain or if he's still first officer and something. I'm not else sure that was captain. clear. I feel like he was still the first officer, right? It was just him and Troy hanging so. out in ten forward, right? You know, I wanna right. I wanna say they do mention who the captain is. And it's someone we know, and I can't remember who it is. Someone we know. I feel like it was somebody we didn't know. Yeah. But, but you're definitely right. Yeah. There was a, there was a captain. But, but anyway, so so it, it was a cool story. You know, it was, again, it was a bit derivative. Um, it's kind of been it was kind of done like 150 years ago. Mm. But it it was very it was very enjoyable. We also get to see him in a 23rd century Starfleet uniform uh when we show him in the past. Oh yeah. I and again, it's not like, a younger version of him. He's playing himself like, you know, <laughs> right. everyone else sees him as younger, but he's we see him as normal Picard and yeah, it's really cool. He's wearing like, you know, the um uh it, it, I guess it's like, like the, the uniforms they had. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Around like uh uh Voyage Home and 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 Undiscovered Country. Really? Um, Wrath of Khan through Undiscovered Country? I feel like they were. It those was uniforms. back Wrath of Khan too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. They had right. the, I don't know why, but they would have the, the, where you could just unflap the 
the oh opening and gonna, just hangs off. I don't know why they do that. Literally, part. just gonna point that out. That's one of the <laughs> defining characteristics of it. Right, like you right. fall, you fell down one of two identical neck flaps um, <laughs> to show that you're like unwinding and letting loose <laughs> right. in your uniform. Right, it's just the loose bow tie when you have a martini and bringing the room. Yeah, down, yeah, yeah, know? exactly. Right, but right. It really has no effect on like <laughs> the practicality. Of the uniform. Right, it's like oh now now you know I'm just a just an ensign if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird but that's, that's but like, I, so I guess the uniform changeover happened sometime in Picard's career which is really cool I didn't think about that right you just assume yeah, it totally. happened that's years that's... and years ago you know in the mm-hmm. 23rd mm-hmm. century but that's kind of cool so Picard yeah, sort of has it must that be around, you know, reach like, to the past yeah it must have happened like early mid 24th century I guess so um, right yeah yeah somewhere yeah so um, and it makes you wonder like were there other styles like drastically different styles between those two um, <laughs> maybe yeah but, They're uh, trying it out. Yeah. <laughs> they did tried parachute pants, but it didn't quite work out. Yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely did. You're right. You're right about that. <laughs> it's funny. When I started talking about this one, I said maybe it should be higher up. I'm thinking maybe it should be lower down only because this is a Q episode top 10. Mm. And mm. Q had very little to do with – he had nothing to do with the plot, honestly. Um, not really. Um it was just true enough just that they could have come up with ride. a different science, the science fiction device to create this for 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 Picard. Yeah, so yeah. very true. Or just they like you know the inner light episode, right? Like you know, like, right, 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 right. Just so, some something like that. It could have been the same exact story without Q. Honestly, right. that's true. Um, it, but but you know, it's great that Q was in it. Uh, I think he said like when we first see him, uh, and we and Picard's he, the the episode opens with Picard on the on the operating table and <laughs> yeah. Um, and we see him like he's just in a bright, you know, white void. And then we see someone in the distance that turns out to be Q. And he's like, welcome to the afterlife. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a great way to go to credits, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> totally. And just the, the horror that he, Picard must have uh, experienced that like that's like he that Q is also in the afterlife. Yeah, not that he's dead, but that forever. he's going to spend eternity with yeah, Q. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, awesome. so that's my number seven. All right. So my number seven, we're going to talk about it again, is Cupid, um, the Robin Hood episode we mentioned before. So just a couple of things we didn't touch on. So Q's opening lines are often really good. Um, I mentioned Deja Q when he rolls up and they all see him naked on the floor. He just looks up and goes, <laughs> red alert. I love that. <laughs> but in this episode, he spins around in Picard's ready room chair as he walks in. And he says something, mm. Picard, you know, it's been forever. How about a big hug? I love that. Love it. <laughs> it's just, you know, and this is when, so Deja Q, which, you know, I'll, I'll mention later, but I might as well bring it up now for the purposes of what we're talking about. That, to mm. me, was the turning point where he went from being a complete menace to partially fun and sort of yes. silly and easygoing, you know. So yes, Picard wasn't convinced they were going to be annihilated every time he showed up after that. Um, but he, and he started being more annoyed and less scared at, in, in that moment. So when he shows up in this episode a year later, he's just like, ah, what the hell? Wait, let me see. So yeah, so so I actually wrote down the line, I am not a merry man. We covered that. So that's, that's <laughs> you got to have that in there. But, yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and Worf knowing about Robin Hood, I love the moment where Worf smashes Geordi's loot, just destroys it because he's just been plucking it and playing with it all the time. <laughs> Or his mandolin or whatever the hell it is. So Jordy was, I think, Alan Adele, right? So he's 
bring, bring. You're just hanging out in the forest waiting for like Picard to get back or whatever. Right. And right. he just walks up to him and just slams it. Sorry. And then just hands it back to him. <laughs> it's almost like you can yeah, redo these jokes that have been done for years, but in that setting, like in this, in this, uh, you know, the 24th century yeah. setting, even though it's in the, you know, whatever, 13th century setting, it's still kind of mm. new. It's new and fresh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. So this episode was fun. Again, it's number seven on my list because it doesn't hold up as well as it did um, even 20 years ago, uh, rewatching mm-hmm. it, you know. But uh, and another thing that hasn't really aged well is um, Troy and Crusher during the fight. They're just smashing vases, vases over <laughs> – Right. Over right. bad guys' oh heads. Like, because, I mean, she's, she's shooting an arrow when they're just hanging out doing nothing. But apparently all, all the women can do in the 24th century is just crack stuff over dudes' heads. Like they've been doing right. it But all the men, of course, know how 20s. to use the, uh, the ancient weapons, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're fine with it. You know, they're totally fine. I mean, Worf yeah. isn't, of course. Worf, you know, got his ass kicked by, you know, Guy of Gisborne. Like, you know, he just – Yeah, yeah. You know, he did not become a badass told T-Space 9, but hey, that's that's another conversation. Mm-hmm. So Cupid's yeah, a lot of fun. It's just a lot of silly fun. Um, and it's a lot of fun that doesn't really age as well as it did. Um, but all the stuff between, um, you know, Picard and Vaj plays well. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it, it, it's uh, realistic. I think it, it yeah, continues definitely. from where they left off in Captain's Holiday in the third season. I think that's kind of cool. Sort of that sort of bickering, you know – we don't agree with each other, but we have this attraction, you mm-hmm. know, so we're going to kind of yeah. kind of play it out. I, you know, I like that. That rings true. So that's it. A fun episode. You know, the, the Enterprise crew, if they were Robin Hood, like that's, you know, that's fun enough as it is. And just to round right, it out, right. uh, Will was, of course, um, you know, John Little and uh, or Little John, of course. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, we took him a fire talk. And, you know, I don't think the girls were anything, but I think Worf was definitely Will Scarlet. And uh, Data was, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, a lot, lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. My number right. seven. All right, number six, uh, Death Wish, nice. the Voyager episode. We've we've alluded to a little bit yeah. here, here and there. So, uh, so yeah, quick recap of, of this episode is um, there's a member of the Q um, who is high. He he was imprisoned uh, for I don't know how long, centuries probably. I think they they say yeah uh, by the rest of the continuum because he. Um, long story short, he got bored. Um, he was done with with existence um so he wanted to die um and they you know the suicide is just like completely not okay in the continuum apparently mm. um so he's been hiding uh, well he yeah he escaped imprisonment and then he's been trying to hide um he shows up on voyager and uh he accidentally uh <laughs> makes every male uh crew member disappear <laughs> into Whoops. the void um Luckily, our Q comes and uh, brings them all back. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a really really cool episode because it, for for a lot of reasons. First of all, uh, character actor Garrett Graham, That's uh, who plays Q, um, who becomes known as Quinn later in the episode uh, when he wants to be known as an individual, he makes he makes a great interesting different kind of cue but he's still cute you could tell that he's still a cue <laughs> yeah um especially in the moments where he just, interacts with q the real q our q yeah right Ex- oh, yeah, this exactly. can get confusing i never think about it so we'll call him quinn right yeah we'll call him quinn <laughs> um one, one one thing i i uh i found out i looked up when i was looking him up because i know i've seen him in a trillion different things um but one thing that popped out of him is that he auditioned for odo is that right 
Yeah. Wow. Um, and I think he, he kind of, he made it, uh, from what I think I remember reading, he, he made it pretty far in the audition process. And um, it was basically between him and Rene Aubergenois. Wow. Um, I think. I could be wrong about that. But anyway, I thought that was interesting to just, just to picture anyone else playing Odo is, is, uh, is so weird. Kind of very strange. Yeah. But I could, I could see him. I could see him as an Odo. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, uh, rest of the story is, um, basically, uh, he convinces Janeway to, um, arbitrate the, the court. Arbitrate, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she became, she, she becomes basically a judge as to whether, um, he should be allowed to become mortal. Um, and essentially allowed to, kill himself and his life right right so i mean that that was a really cool uh uh dilemma uh in the story because mm. janeway of course like would uh all us being equal um being a member of the federation and the 24th century uh humanity would of course um side with someone having their own free will to do as they please as long as it you know it doesn't affect other people um but of course q's argument was that well it um, it will affect the continuum, or, or they don't know, right? Or they don't, right? Very true. They don't know, but what would he happen? He thinks it will be a lot of unforeseen uh, consequences. Yeah. Um, Turns but, out he's uh, right. Spoiler but, alert. Yeah, spoiler. But uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, but he, she knows if if he's allowed to be made uh, mortal, that he'll he'll kill himself. Um, so that was really. Really cool, especially you know this was at the time um, uh, in real life. Doctor Gavorkian um, mm. stuff was going on. Probably inspired um, the know, episode the, the, for sure. What what's that? It, I'm sorry, it, I'm agree. It probably inspired the episode for sure. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I got to think, and and I think it was um, you know it was very controversial. Uh, you know, he he was for those of you who may not know, he's a doctor who advocated for the right uh, for patients to choose to end their life if. Um, if uh, you know they had a debilitating d- disease and they they would rather not live in pain and suffering, uh, and just end their life with dignity was really his way of looking at it, and a lot of other people's. Yeah, Al Pacino um, played him in like a movie recently, right? Something about Jack. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right. Yeah. You don't know Jack or something. Saw. I don't know something like that. Where Pacino played yeah. Doctor Kevorkian. Yeah. Right. I forgot about that. Good point. But uh, yeah, I, I can't. I, I'm not sure exactly when this episode aired and what exactly was happening with uh, you know, like his uh. Um, being prosecuted for for you know euthanasia, um, assisted suicide. Um, so I, but I know it was right in the, in in the middle of it, kind of. And it's around ninety six, really. Right? So yeah, okay, yeah. So it was around then. Um, I think he was convicted and and spent prison time um, somewhere around there. Hmm. Um, but not sure when. Anyway, it, it, I think it was um, it was really uh, interesting uh, that. Star Trek in this episode um, very strongly uh, sided with that side of the argument uh, that euthanasia should be, um, you know, a, 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 a being in their right mind should should be able to make their own choices about hmm. their life. I mean, or, yeah, or given the, the 20th century sensibilities, you know, i.e. the creators making the show, um, right. it is sort of forward thinking that they would they would, you know, sort of get that humanity would be mostly okay with that. Although I feel like right. I feel like right. Janeway's I feel like in the back of Janeway's mind, like she did at the end of the episode, um, spoiler alert, when he was allowed to become mortal, that she always in the back of her head was going to try to convince him to not kill himself. Though, if you remember the end of oh, the episode, yeah. you know she was kind of like, you know, but but I urge you, 
please, you know, there, there's so much more to see, you know. Mm-hmm, so I feel mm-hmm. like maybe in the back of her head, and this was just a great character thing, you know, even I think yeah. b- what we're both saying is correct, but yeah. I feel like she does believe you have that right, but she would also like to try to convince him to not do that if he, if he could help Exactly. Him. Exactly. Yeah, Interesting a, for her. A lot of shades of gray, right? Very um, much. And which is which is always makes the, for the best storytelling and oh no doubt and character character arcs. Um, yeah, so so I really really I, I and and I should say I've never seen any Voyager Q episodes before. So this is one of the, this is the first of three that Q appears in um, mm-hmm. and is about Q. Um, and I was like I was really um, very pleasantly surprised at, at, at like how how much I, I really enjoyed this episode and made me think a lot. I love watching we it when also, I was a kid. A kid. Yeah. I, 20s. I, I can imagine like, yeah, watching that in the nineties. Um, would have really hit hard, I think. Yeah. It, it was, it was, it was just pretty cool. I mean, and from a, from a Star Trek standpoint, um, we got to see things we had never seen before. Um, the Q continuum for one, at least their representation yep. of what they think we would be able to process. That's what I was just going to say. Like that was the other great thing about the episode was, uh, first of all, learning a, a good bit about uh, the continuum, um, and then actually seeing it—that was so surreal, it was so cool. Yeah, they were just you know in the middle of a desert, um, yeah, and just like some a rundown station. shack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's how they describe it. It, right? it is. And, yeah, I'm sorry. Know, yeah, I'm stealing from the episode, but yeah, it was like a way station. Oh, yeah, yeah and, and they call they, they so they basically explain to the humans like you know this is um, this is just like a way we can represent to you the continuum or at least a facet of it. Yeah, our puny you know, minds the, the, couldn't the, actually the, the comprehend the, the Q continuum right. itself. So this is how right. we and have to. Quinn, spe- Quinn specifically wanted to um, show it, 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 this uh, facet of the continuum to show how utterly boring <laughs> it can be. Yeah, or the clock him, with no hands, yeah. you know, and the... Yeah, yeah. No one talks. He's like, there's nothing to talk about anymore. The stores are you know, always open or something. And... Yeah, it was just like, yeah, no one's talking, right? Everything, every single yep. word ever in the history of time has been said or right. really interesting. Right. They've yeah. been around for billions. They, they've been around since before the universe was created, apparently. Do they, do they say that? I think Q said that once, yeah. The Q have always okay. been and always will yeah, be kind of okay. thing. Interesting. Because like, they had they in the Big Bang. So, I mean. Yeah, that's true. That's know, true. They, they were around <laughs> before point. that, I guess. Good point. I don't know how that makes um, sense from a physics standpoint, but we're not going to get into that yeah. this, this, this pod. We won't, we won't get into it here. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> as much as I would love to. <laughs> You're right. I know. Yeah. So he shows this facade of, of, of the uh, of the continuum and to, to kind of illustrate like how pointless his life has become. And um, and that's where like it's almost like the, the show, the, the writers um, almost take for granted that, uh, you know, uh, compassionate euthanasia is moral. Um, mm. in the cases of like incurable diseases, for example. So, so what, what they're trying to figure out, what Janeway's trying to figure out here is, well, is immortality a kind of disease? And that's yeah. kind of the crux of, 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 uh, well, Tuvok is, is representing Quinn in, in the trial. Right. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the argument he ultimately makes. And, uh, it's really, really kind of profound stuff, honestly. Yeah. Um, Some high concept you know, stuff so for sure. Really cool. Really cool. Great. Um, yeah. So I could probably say more about it, but I'll leave it at that. I'll give you a chance later. Um, All right. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler. Uh, so, yeah. So my number six. This is a direct yeah. sequel to this episode we're talking about. So The Q and the Gray is my number six. Yep. So okay. to 
pick up right where Luke left off. So when this entity is allowed to become mortal, he does decide to kill himself. Um, with Q's help, Q actually helps him. Q is the Dr. Kevorkian, actually, at the end of the episode. He yes. assists yes. the suicide. And in doing right. so, creates a Q civil war, which is really interesting. So they mm-hmm. end up going to war over not only um, what Q did and what this new belief in being able to end your mortality sort of represents, but um, – There's individuality in, in, in general. Right. There right? you go. You're right. This newfound individuality sort of creates two sides of this Q continuum and they end up being in a civil war. And it manifests in an actual representat- representation of the U.S. civil war, um, mm-hmm. at least through Janeway's eyes. So this episode, yes, this is cool. So it's another Voyager episode. It's the second episode with Q on Voyager. And he shows up and pretty much said, Janeway, you need to help me because this is, uh, you know, this out of control. It's kind of your fault. <laughs> it's kind of your fault. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, this episode, it's uh, it, much like the other Q episodes, it's equally comic and serious. So I kind of like it. Yes. So it's not yeah. just a silly, you know, Robin Hood um, episode. This is, there's some serious stuff <clears throat> going on. Q is still making jokes, um, which I like. But, uh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 serious stuff. So I also love that we have another uh, Q. Uh, yes. This is, a, yeah, Susie Plaxon, the actress, comes back and she plays Q. They all play Q. All the names are Q. This is so confusing. Yeah, right. If right. you don't know, I'm right. sorry. <laughs> but uh, but this is, uh, yeah, this is, so another Q, but this one actually has a speaking role. Um, I say that because there were a bunch of Qs in the Death Wish episode, but they weren't talking. So they weren't really true. Qs. True. None of my mind. So, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Same actress who actually played um, Kalar, the ambassador and uh, Worf's baby mama, who uh, who we met on oh. Next Generation. Yeah, I don't oh, know if I you didn't know that, or not. that. Yeah, same actress. Cool. Yeah, really cool. So, and then we get to go back to the Q continuum again. This is the second trip to the Q continuum. Yeah. Uh, so Q shows up on Voyager, and he's like, "Hey, we got problems. You know, uh, I need to come. I need to show you what's happening." So they pretty much get sucked into a civil war battle. Um, so it's just a really cool episode, a lot of fun. Um, the episode sort of moves at a good place, a uh, good pace. And while um, while Q and Janeway are sucked into the Q continuum, the other Q, the female Q, Worf's, um, you know, the actress who played Worf's baby mama, uh, you know, Susie Plaxon. So she's on Voyager, thinking she's all that, um, and they end up being in in deep deep stuff on uh, Voyager too. So she ends up having to help the Voyager crew. <laughs> You know, get out of their problem. So it's it was a fun, um, you know, sort of a dual uh, thing going on there. You know, a lot of fun. Yeah. Janeway yeah. and Q's relationship really, really grows in this episode uh, to the point where, mm-hmm. um, you know, it looks like they're going to both, you know, lose their lives for Q's cause. And uh, they have a really great moment at the end where Q just kind of turns and is genuinely sorry that this mortal is going to lose her life because she believed in him and stuck up for him. Um, right. You know, it's, right. it's a great – Q moment. It's it, it's similar to a couple moments that Q and Picard had, but uh, this is where their relationship goes to another level. And uh, yes. it turns out, yeah, that um, this is the two the the middle part to the Q Voyager trilogy where they decide that procreation is the way to go to solve, you know, sort of uh, you know, Q wants to, uh, Janeway to have his baby because he thinks that will sort of bring <laughs> the two sides of the Q Civil War together. Um, right. so he actually wants to inject humanity into the yes, continuum, which I, is it's brilliant. Yeah, crazy. Brilliant. He would have never thought to 
would to do that, you know, earlier on before he got to know humanity, you know, you always look down on them at first. Totally. You, you, talk, you talk about yeah. his character development in such a short, short period of time. But uh, definitely. So the silly in this episode comes in the moments before we realize what's going on, and Q is just trying to romance Janeway into into oh my letting God. him bang her, which is re- yeah. really hilarious. <laughs> He sees he's it's, in the uh, bed with her. And it's like the the heart shaped uh, you know bed and the flower, rose petals and a Mount Airy Lodge like uh, <laughs> commercials with heart shaped hot tubs. It's where uh, Superman took tub. Lois Lane in Superman Two, right? With right, right on Niagara Falls. Totally right. Niagara Falls place, right? Totally. So, uh, so th- that that stuff's yeah. just hilarious, you know. And she's already yeah. at the point that it took Picard five episodes to get to where. She's not really scared of him anymore. She's just completely right, exhausted. Right. And she's like, oh, my God, yeah. really? No, I'm not yeah. going to have sex with you. Um, yeah, yeah. Which oh, the, the, great reveal the, at the end, too, by the way, <laughs> that sex really is just them touching fingers, which I think is great. Right, Q and, 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 Q and uh, the female, female Q, Q right? right. They decide to – he decides to have a baby with her instead and, and uh, yeah, they just touch fingers. And, right. And <laughs> she was like, love her. She was the peeping Tom, though. That's she it. like – She's like, like, oh, I don't, want, I don't want to see be. this. And then she turns around and she watches. She's like, all right, you know what? This is too much. I got to check it out. And it's just, but she didn't even know, like, right? Yeah. Oh, she was ready to see them have sex. She was going to watch them do whatever they did. Like, however, the Q no, like, no, she wanted to see. No, no, Q wanted to, to her to watch. He's like, oh, you like to watch? But she and did. Like, oh. But then she turned around. Like she could have turned the other way. But then before she knew how right. how right. how um, right. how uh, innocuous it was, she. Turned right around and just peeked. She literally went on her tippy toes to see. So she, I mean, I, yeah, it's the explorer in her. I get it. Maybe the scientist in her. But uh, but she was also just a peeping Tom. She wanted to see two alien species. Yeah. Bang. Like we all did. We're like, yeah. what's going to happen here? I mean, who, uh, yeah, right. Who wouldn't? They, they, they just touched uh. me. <laughs> That's it. I love, I love her reaction there. And he, right, of course, right. he gets she all over so for it. Yeah. She what were you so expecting? Mad. Sick, you know, right. gutter mind. So, uh. <laughs> Yeah, so that that was fun. It was a fun episode. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's all I got for that. It was just a lot of fun. I'd, I'd say I'd say yeah. So this one's not on my list. Okay, uh, interesting. Um, yeah, um, it was probably would have been eleven. I think uh, just just missed the cut. But uh, lower decks was eleven. Don't forget now, sir. I'm sorry. So so this 12, gets siphoned off to to, yeah. to twelve, and I can't wait right. to realize. I'm pretty sure both of our thirteen is going to be the same. But let's let's just wait. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sure too. But. Uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to say like like a few things I do have noted on this one is just like yeah, th- those those uh, scenes where he was just trying to like quote unquote romance her where it's like just did not hold up. <laughs> he was so <laughs> he was so it was so rapey like uh, at one point and not just like him being funny and like even even him like appearing in her bed, you know. That obviously that's a gross violation, but um, it's such a trope though. Like, at one point, of, like, like, like even, comedy. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, you know where it's coming from. Like, right, it didn't, right, right. Yeah, you know, they didn't make it up here. But uh, at one point, he, she's trying to leave the room, and he like puts his arm like in front of the door, and like doesn't even let her leave. I'm like, right? He's the ooh, continental from know. SNL. Yeah, we're just dropping right, references yes. like crazy now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's so great. I, that doesn't speak well. I guess it does. I mean, it really speaks to how they write his character, though, right? If we're making all these references, it really speaks mm-hmm. to. So they wrote him. They really based him on a lot of like comedic stuff. Like they really did. Totally. The, totally. the villain Absolutely. stuff that's is like we've never seen before. But like. Like all the comedic mm-hmm. stuff, like yeah, he's clearly based on you know this and that and the other thing, you know. So yeah. it's it's interesting yeah. to think of it like that. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Um, <laughs> but it is a little rapey, you're right? It's a little look. It's a little Dennis, right? It's a little you know because of the implication, <laughs> right? He's a little always sunny. Like yeah. the, he Dennis knows there's nothing she can do about it if he wants to do it. He's not going to do it, you know. 
I'm not going to hurt right. her, but you know, right. she doesn't know that. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> <laughs> we got a buddy true. Joe who's going to absolutely love love this tangent in the uh, in the pod. By the way, yeah, I wonder if Sunny. Uh, it's always Sunny in Philadelphia. By the way, is what we're referring to. Yeah, uh, if anyone didn't catch that or know about that, but uh, yeah, I wonder if, uh, <laughs> if they got the idea for that whole episode. I wonder. Uh, from, it's so from that you. who knows? It might be. It's so be. funny. Um, real, real quick. This has nothing to do with anything. Okay. There was a scene. There's a scene in this episode where, uh, <laughs> where the female Q says, "Oh no, actually, it's QQ." Um, it's it's a reversed uh, over the shoulder shot. Uh, of he's speaking to Janeway, and the camera's on him, and he's saying, "Uh, your first officer, what's his name? Uh, oh, Chuckles. Chuckles. Chuckles, right?" <laughs> <laughs> And Janeway in this shot, you know, over her shoulder on cue, she nods. Get out of here. <laughs> she nods. It's like, obviously, like, I don't think she was supposed to, but he says, what was it? Ch- Chuckles, was it? And she nods, like, <laughs> earnestly. Like, yeah, Chakotay's name is actually Chuckles. <laughs> like, That's awesome. You know what? That's such a just, stupid joke, but I laugh out loud, I think, every time I watch it. I know, Chuckles, right? Uh, yeah, just the way he yeah. he delivers the line is absolutely perfect. His delivery is is, is so great. On the yeah, money. Totally. Uh, so if you're, I also love the uh, the uh, the one scene between Balana and the female Q. Like I love that where she's you know she pretty much puts recall. her in a place. You know, so it's engineering and they're refitting the Enterprise based on oh, the, the okay. female Qs. You know, sort of um Qs and uh, <laughs> Balana just kind of. You know, well, you know what? This rickety barge, as you call it, you know, is the only thing stopping us from blah, 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 blah. And she sort of walks mm-hmm. away. And the female Q just kind of, mm, I love Klingon women. They've got such spunk. You know, like it's just a, <laughs> such, you know, you, in other words, it's along the lines of like, you know, don't provoke the Borg. Like the Q <laughs> still right. know about the Borg. They still know about Klingon women, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been, I mean, they know everything. They've been around forever and they know every species, but, you know. They admire Klingon yeah. women because of their spunk. I like that. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. All right. So that was my right. number six. Okay. My number f- – wait. Cinco. Yeah, number five. Yes, sir. Number five. Q-Who. Good one. Um, next gen. Uh, I think – was this the f- his fourth appearance probably? This was his um, uh, third appearance. Oh really? Season two. Yep. Yes, you're right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So so this is the one where um, he, Q he's 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 being uh, he's kind of back to being uh, sinister. Uh, his second appearance, uh, his second episode, was uh, pretty pretty like ludicrous in a great way. <laughs> um, he was just like just out of his mind kind of in that one. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. But um, yeah. So in this one, he's back to like really being a menace. Um, uh, long story short, he he introduces uh, the Enterprise and therefore the entire Federation, even the Alpha Quadrant, I guess, to the Borg. Indeed. This is where we meet the Borg. Yeah, and um, I know we discussed this on our so, last pod, but it's 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 man, it's, it's mm-hmm. a big deal, huge game changer. Huge. I mean, for like, Star Trek, yeah. just as a whole. Yeah, if you think about the uh, what what the Borg, um, uh, how it plays into the the uh, overall lore of the entire Star Trek franchise, um, you know, over the course of, uh, you know, the, the three series from the four series from the nineties, uh, into the movies and, 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 you know, beyond Picard and show that we have now. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, not, not that 
anyone listening doesn't <laughs> know know all this about the Borg. Um, but yeah, just just a, a watershed moment um, in in the entire franchise. Totally. Um, and uh, he basically does it um, just to just to be like, yeah, you you th- you guys think you know what you're doing out here? Well, here, try these guys on for size, you know. And he flings them out into uh, presumably a Delta Quadrant or maybe one would think. Yeah, I don't remember. I think they didn't mention like how many thousands of light years it was, but it would have taken them four and a half years to get back. So it probably wasn't really the Delta Quadrant, but it wasn't, it was like the fringes of like probably unknown space, like For sure. between Alpha and, and, and Delta. Yeah. So, yeah. So that in and of itself makes it a great episode. Uh, we learned so much about the Borg there. So much of what is like so unique and uh, defining to the Borg are established in this very first appearance. Yeah, they, um, I've forgotten how which, much uh, they actually had established in this episode. Like, yeah, they got a lot. Yeah, I was really surprised. Like, almost they like they, about, they wrote the Bible on this species just for this episode, almost. Right, and you know what? That's a good point because remember we we have talked talked about a little bit in the past um, about how the writers um, did have uh, a quote unquote big bad in mind. Uh, all the way from the beginning of the series. Oh, and incidentally, um, just credit where credits due. I feel yeah. like we we, we, yeah. we mentioned we didn't know who created the idea of the Borg, and I feel like I read it, and I feel like oh. I couldn't find it in my notes, but I feel like it was Maurice Hurley, for the record, who okay. created okay. the Borg. Just so we mentioned it might have been we didn't know. I mean, Ronald E. Moore, you know, Brandon, Bright, we we, yeah. we didn't know who who what writer or what, but I believe it was Maurice Hurley. Just for the record, credit where credits due. Okay, okay, hell of a job. Good. Yeah. I mean, so, so, yeah. Well, I won't go. I won't I'll go on and on about the Borg because this isn't a Borg episode, indeed, uh, for us. But um, but but yeah, just just a lot of like pretty amazing stuff happened here. Um. Uh. But so this episode, um, going back to Q, um, he, he like I said, he he's downright just evil um in in this episode um because not only does he like bring he doesn't snap the enterprise you know thousands of light years away um to show how they can't fight against you know they're not ready for 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 this the species um but it, it has ongoing consequences as we said it's you know it, it's not like he just snaps them back at the end of an episode and like everything's back to normal yeah no this is the, the end of a sitcom where them. everything just resets no no this is <laughs> right, this set off right. a chain of events that killed billions of people yeah trillions maybe maybe, I think maybe trillions yeah had this exact conversation i mean i suppose right. the argument is at some point in q's mind the borg would have killed that many people anyway mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know but this was sooner than you know we were supposed to have developed you know, apparently weaponry and technology, yeah. you know, m- you know, uh, uh, much further along before we encountered the Borg. The right. idea is that we would have been ready to encounter them when we did, you know. Right. And Picard's arrogance sort of made Q make that moment happen way earlier than it should have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he was but, just uh, being spiteful too because he wanted to just be a part of the crew, right? Like that was yeah, his. That's right. That's he right. He just popped that's on. Right. Like, I want to be a part of the crew. I want to. I want to study humanity. And they were just like, nope. And he's like, well, yeah. like, you think no you're way. ready? Screw yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're so right. It was. It was just pure spite. That's right. Um, another thing that uh, jumped out at me that about this episode, uh, technically, has nothing to do with uh, the story or cue or anything. But well, it does have to do with the story in the <laughs> end. But uh, cinematography, like the lighting and the camera angles, the camera moves. In, in this episode was striking. It, w- hmm. it was, it was, it really stood alone. And 
I don't like I wonder if how much of it was more of an aesthetic choice. Unfortunately, I don't I, I forgot to look at who directed it and what else they may have done within the series. But um it was definitely just just like I said, it's it it stood out as very against the grain in terms of um the typical look of uh of of how you know Star Trek is shot. Huh. There was just a lot of very contrasty lighting shadow like very dark shadows and like one thing that stands out in my mind is every time they in the they, they go to the conference room several times in this episode and it's like not lit the lights aren't on you know it's usually everything's pretty flatly lit um huh. you know because you're on board of a, a starship but for some reason i guess I, if they were going for a mood that they wanted to put you in for um to prepare you to meet the borg basically uh, I wonder how much of it was that versus just uh, just a stylistic choice, but it was very very visually like awesome this episode. Interesting. So uh, yeah, that's about it. Cool. Well, my number five yeah. is the same episode, so let's keep talking about it. So ah, perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> Qhu. So it's it's a you know it's also the, I believe it's the first appearance of Guinan, right? Which is an interesting um thing. Is it her first? I think yeah, it is. Question. Yeah, I think it was the first appearance of Ghana. Okay. I, I don't do not quote me on that because I again this is a Q list. I didn't you know go back and you know try to if Ghana was in the you know I could have done a quick Google search, but hey you know I didn't. As you know, I will quote you on everything that you say not to quote you on. So again, I'll uh, I'll, I'll put a twenty bucks on that. That was the first appearance of Ghana. But uh, all right, all right. and so interesting. So Luke, I know we talked about in the season finale episode that the Borg were supposedly responsible for those outposts. That the Romulans and the yes. you know neutral zone. So they they I, I'd forgotten that they do mention that in this episode. So they pretty much I did too. Yeah, okay, but you, you remember, too, actually. I so they pretty much mention mentioned yeah. that the devastated planet is identical to what happened to the colonies in the neutral zone. And they don't exactly. they don't really yeah. give you any more of a pressure than that. So either you catch it or you don't. And I, I mm-hmm. might have caught it when I was younger, but I didn't catch it. I forgot about it for years until I rewatched yeah. this episode. No, I, I said, "Oh my god!" Did, yeah, they, they, they. So we're right. They, you know, that's clearly what happened. Even if they retconned it, that's clearly what happened. So right. um, it was a cool retcon, though. If it, if it was a retcon, very very smart. Yeah, no doubt. Um, something you know. So Q kills eighteen people in this episode. Um, so wow. The Borg. I should say the Borg. Eighteen people die on okay, the Enterprise because right, of this encounter. Right. Yeah. When they carve yeah. out that cross section of the Enterprise with that's the tractor right, beam, eighteen right. people get sucked into freaking space. So talk about Q yeah. being a menace again. Yeah, he came back with a vengeance because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. eighteen crew members died. Picard even mentions, you know, we we could have learned this without without you know eighteen members of our crew dying. Mm-hmm. And and then and then this is I'm I'm gonna give Phil Ferrand another shout out because he pointed this out in his in his book how well the line after that came. So they wrote Q a line after Picard said we could have learned this lesson without eighteen members of my crew dying. Mm-hmm. And Q pretty much said, look, if, you know, this part I'm paraphrasing, he said, you know, and if you can't take a bloody nose, you know, you know, don't come out here. Right. But then the line he wrote was, right. the line he said was, it's wondrous with treasures to satiate desires both subtle and gross, but it's not for the timid. And I think that's, that's just a wow. great line. Wow. Um, wow. Oh, you know what? This is funny. Look at this. So I'm sorry. So that line was written by Maurice Hurley. So I guess that was oh, okay. the same thing. So I, I did write that in these notes. Yeah, there you go. But I guess that means he wrote the episode. So yeah, he created yeah. the board. So there you go. Nice. Um, cool. Yeah. So so yeah, just just a menacing uh, episode, but uh, you know, great for Q. He comes back comes back hardcore 
um, mm-hmm. before we see him naked and on the Enterprise and making jokes in Deja Q. Um, <laughs> you know, so yeah, just just a just a, a tough tough beat for the for for the Federation this episode, really. Um, <laughs> for real and you put it you jokes. put it perfectly a watershed watershed moment and episode for mm-hmm. Star Trek the Star Trek universe in general for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Q who? Um, you know, one other thing. Um, I. Forgot to mention, um, in a previous episode, we were talking about, um, maybe it was always back to our first uh, episode about, uh, we listed movies. Um, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we, we were talking about um, when did Guinan, uh, when were, were her people attacked and basically almost destroyed by the Borg? Um, because remember we were talking about in- Yeah, Star Trek uh, Generations. Generations, right. We were- um, we remember, you know, we see um, Elorian uh, refugees and Elorian, right? Right uh, on their ship, uh, and we were wondering, oh well, are they just like still refugees from like so long ago? Like the, maybe the Borg attacked them a long time ago, or did it just in this happen? episode? Right, this episode, she said it was a hundred years ago. Oh, perfect! My God, um, yeah. So, I mean, that that basically puts it right at that time frame in that part of the movie, right? I mean, that's that's the beauty of, you know, and I have another callback to really give props to later on in my list. But that that's the beauty of, like, these writers truly accepting this canon that's been established, you know, yeah. and just kind of saying, all right, so Guy mentioned it was 100 years ago, so we can have her on the Enterprise B, you know. Right. Um, even though right. that was, what, 80, 80 something years later? Uh, so it, something about that, right? But I mean, yeah. that that doesn't mean that this didn't happen, you know, thirteen years prior to the Enterprise B incident, and they were still yeah. trying to find a home, and they were still just refugees. I mean, that that's that's right. that's so exactly. great. So exactly. kudos to all so to creators and writers and producers and everything. I mean, they do a great job with this established canon, and they really try mm-hmm. not to mess it up. Like they really try to keep 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 it intact, yeah. and it's it's that's what makes it so much fun to to watch these shows. It does. The, the Discovery totally. has just as much respect for Kirk's Enterprise as Next Gen did, and I, I love that. Or a, any yeah. of the shows, or any of the new incarnations. It's, it's it's great. Yep. Great, man. Let's do it. We're getting down to it. Number four for you. Go for it. Number four, Hide and Q. Okay. Um, I just kind of referred to this one. Uh, this was a ridiculous episode. <laughs> um, Thank you. And honestly, I lo- I just lo- I rewatched it, and I freaking loved it. I can't uh, believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. I did not watch this episode because I knew it had no chance of making my list, and it didn't. That's so funny. This and was the one I thought we were gonna, we were both going to have buried. That's so funny. I know. I mean, I, I'm just surprised as you because when it, when I first started uh, the episode to rewatch it last week, it was uh, as soon as I started realizing and remembering what happened in this episode, I'm like, <laughs> uh, this is going to be a this is going to be a, a you know a, a slog to get through, but. Um, <laughs> It was just like I just loved how ludicrous it is. So I mean, um, you know, Q, <laughs> Q is There's just so like many. full on. So this is his, uh, this is his second appearance. This is only his second appearance. Second appearance. If no, you right? like, if you count the pilot as one episode, this is his second appearance. This was episode. Like, yeah, right, uh, right, right. I want to say twelve or thirteen of the show. Okay. Yeah, probably like right halfway through the season. Yeah. Um, and he just he just basically takes he's just fucking with them like just just. He's just full on playful self at this point. Um, he kind of did a one eighty from from being, uh, you know, the uh, the menacing, sinister uh, judge from uh, the first uh, episode. Um, he just he just you know uh, whisks all the bridge crew away, 
uh, at least. Uh, maybe there's some other just like the bridge people crew, from the bridge, but there wasn't. But uh, yeah. But he knows that, that Wesley's included enough in the family fund to bring him along too. He was in class. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's right. They must know that he's that he's a he's a credited star. <laughs> Yes, that's so great. So funny. One of the many things that makes <laughs> I, this episode ridiculous. But I remember um, it was specifically all the crew on the bridge except Picard because seeing Picard alone on the bridge was just precious. It was just precious. Don't like he. He just he didn't know what to do. <laughs> right. Like he couldn't. He couldn't tell anyone what to do. Not because like he's a you know he needs to like be in charge of people, but like he just he, he was dumbfounded and um, helpless. All, all and kidding aside, that's a great torture helpless. for him. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it was hilarious. It was actually, I loved it. I loved it so much. Terrible. Um, Terrible. So, you know. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm going to fight you this whole conversation, just just so we're clear. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but I'm going to let you get, yeah, you, so, you got to get through it. Um, Convince me. <laughs> so the episode's called Hide and Q, basically because he Horrible. just whisked them away to some planet and just like plays a game with them. Yeah. Like that, you know, a terrible game. Right. Um, but just for his entertainment, really. And it launched the um, Q pun titles, which is which I'll give credit for that. Yes, very true. Very true. Almost every other Q episode is a, Almost is a every pun. one, exactly right. So then it turns into um he again, it's it's almost I don't I don't remember if it's like a whim, but he decides to um offer Riker the chance to become a part of the continuum. He saw something in Riker during encounter in Farpoint. Yeah. And they actually, That's there right. is a moment right. where, so they that. had, they knew they were going to do the other episode because there is a moment where he is impressed by him. Yeah, 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 right. In, in Encounter on um, Farpoint, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I remember that. So now. they set Definitely. it up, yeah. So he can't, the, the, the Q um, saw something in him, not just Because he was, yeah, he, he was, he was like, you know, he was down on, on Picard the whole episode exactly. of Encounter on Farpoint for, for not, not figuring out the mystery right. of Farpoint. Um, and, uh, but like a few times Riker, kind of makes a what Q determines is like um a very valid point. And he's yeah, that's when he's impressed by him. He's like, wow. He but he's says not something about him either, like either, right? Like he's he's he gets sense Riker's a little more playful, a little more maybe even just susceptible, you know? Yeah, a little more um uh kind of just like with uh Cisco. I think he he feels like he could probably provoke him a little <laughs> yeah. more and just have more fun with Control him. Control right? him better really. Um but he definitely thought he was smart. Um well he sure. calls him redoubtable, which you know, yeah. he ended up calling him that in a couple episodes, you know. Really? Ah, the redoubtable <laughs> Commander Riker. And like, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> yes. know what that means, but I guess it means no, I don't, sort of smart, I guess. Yeah. It's actually a yeah. joke on the West Wing. sounds like a compliment. Where, uh, where Toby says, uh, we'll call him redoubtable. Nobody knows what it means. <laughs> I, I never did. That's awesome. Yeah. God, do you think they got that from this? I think everyone gets everything from everything else. They're okay. There you That's go. both an answer and not an answer at all. <laughs> Um, so, uh, that'd be great if they did, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so why is this episode not horrible? Keep, keep, so, keep going. Keep going, please. No, no. I never said it wasn't horrible. No, I know you did. Um, you're, I just you're, you're reveling it. in how horrible it is. That's true. I, yeah. Yeah. Totally true. You um, said that up front. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> so, so at the end, uh, Riker, you know, accepts the powers just to see what he could do with it. Well, actually, I don't think he has a choice. I think he just gives him the powers. He does. Um, and he's trying to just like navigate his way through it and, uh, and, you know, not, not change in the process. And, yeah. you know, by the end of the episode, he's like this really smug, like, oh, um, so silly. Like, he's just a complete asshole. Even, right? like, yeah, even for season one, does, 
it's which doesn't make sense. No, for Riker. it's such a right. it's such a betrayal of the character. It really is. It absolutely is. And for that reason, it's I hate I hate that part yeah, of, yeah. of the episode for sure. Yeah. I mean, he would never, you know, like, but like he's like, oh well, if I can just give my friends anything they desire, that was then, fun. You know, watching him do that, that was fun. But this, yeah, this is where it like was just amazing. They're on the bridge, and and he's just he knows what everyone wants. Well, he's 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 omniscient, right? Um, but just from knowing them anyway, he's like Wes. You know, you've always. You've always hated being a boy and you just want to be a man. And he turns him into like this blonde, so like weird, s- like Southern California hunk. Right. This, like, this, this like muscled quarterback. So ludicrous. Yeah. All American man. Exactly nothing like Wes. There's like, no way. Like, he can pump all the iron he wants. Will Wheaton at that age is not, is not getting there. <laughs> no. And. And not no, not even just like his physique, but like it looks nothing. Oh, right, it's true. Like it, you know, it doesn't resemble. Like you him said, at it's all. only a few, a couple of years hence. Right, he's like he's like twenty four or something. They, yeah, they mention right, the right. age; it's twenty something. Completely <laughs> you know, different well, entity. Uh, Wes is like uh, you know, like sixteen at this point, I guess. Oh god. Um, <laughs> but here's my favorite part. For some reason, the writers decided to give Jordy. The most ludicrous reaction oh lines my God. to everything happening in the, in this scene. <laughs> so, when, so after Wes becomes, uh, uh, you know, this, <laughs> yeah, this yeah, like yeah. ridiculous hunk, like Jordy is just looking at him and he's like, hey, Wes, not bad. Not bad. It's like, I, like I almost even delivered it, I think. Uh, not that I'm an actor by any stretch of imagination, but uh, like it almost sounding homoerotic, but it wasn't like it wasn't. No, no, like, not that's at not all. why it was ridiculous. Not at all. It was just what, what, why, like why is he commenting on what Wes is is like what he looks like as a man? It's just like so weird. And he's it's okay so with weird. this just violation of Wes's. You know, soul. Apparently, he's just right, like, he's fine. Right, with it. hey, not right, bad. Like, he's he's not even phased by the fact that this happened. I mean, almost nobody is like insanely. Um, you know, it's like first season itis, right? Like, like the the only reactions are Jordy just like being like impressed by it and keeps going. His 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 reaction when <laughs> he gets his eyes is just it's so so uh, weird. So, so he gets it. So he gets his vision. The first and only thing only he thing. does is turn around and look at Tasha Yar, and out of nowhere, you're more beautiful than I ever imagined, and more. And more. What? <laughs> what? Where did that come from? <laughs> Where did that come from? There's never been anything between Not them. Even the Not even the slightest that I hint. Of like Not any even a kind of like hint. yearning or anything for Yar. Nothing. I guess it was Not just even like accepted in... Like in and of the show itself, that she was like hot, I guess. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I think so. I think that's where it comes. Meanwhile, from. Troy I mean, over there is like, well, "What are you kidding me? I'm standing right here." Although yeah. she wasn't, she wasn't I, there, was she? Uh, was that one of the episodes yeah, she didn't participate she was in? Bridge. I don't think she was in that episode actually. Wow, really? I think there were a couple huh. that she wasn't, and she was credited for all of them. But I feel like there was a couple that Marina Service yeah, yeah. was not in. Interesting. I I don't remember her now that you mention it in this scene. So maybe she wasn't there. I guess not. Huh. So he looked at her as, hey, man. She'd be like, yeah, I'm not that bad, am I? I know. I know. Like, seriously. Like, what? Like, I mean, how insulting. First of all, yeah, how insulting. Uh, and second of all, um, what is more beautiful than I ever imagined and more even mean? And more. Like, he could sense more her, than like, 
her vulnerability just with the eyes. Like, I, I don't know. They're so weird. I, I it, just odd it makes it makes zero sense. Again, uh, just like the first reaction. Unless they were going to like, their plan was to set up a romance between them or something, but I don't know. <laughs> the worst possible, most heavy handed way to try to introduce like. Oh, no doubt. Like a romance between two characters on a show. I, Jesus you, Christ. You're going to get to his quote unquote gift to Worf or no? <laughs> yes, that's, that's. That's the final uh, jury line that I was just like, I, I, I can't believe this is an episode. Oh, I know. Um, I can't believe it's so high so, on your list. In a bay. <laughs> I tried making it 14, but I ran out of Q episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I don't even remember what. So so give, uh, Worf's gift from Riker is um, – uh, a mate, a I guess. They don't even companion. A companion, like what? Like it just goes to show, like how little they knew what they were ever going to do with the character of War. Oh, yeah. Besides him, absolutely hating Q's guts in every episode and doing the most insane thing. Yeah, he's when, just a barely contained him. savage, I guess. Otherwise, <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So any, so Riker's gift to him is a mate. For some reason, how would that Klingon, even work logistically uh, on the ship? What? Like just him all of a sudden having a, a female mate, like just just this woman that popped into existence. How would that work on the ship? <laughs> How would any of this work? Would you, would How you? would Wes not being himself literally anymore? <laughs> <laughs> what the? Does he get to take the, the Starfleet test now or the exams or what? like? How does that, how does that work? Does he get his license? I guess he already passed them. He could vote and drink, know. I guess, which is good. Yeah, <laughs> that is good. That is good. Um. So yeah. So anyway, so the the, the the female Klingon mate for Worf is just this savage, like, <laughs> like, like unspeaking character, just, uh, just, just, just like this beast, and uh, they just growl at each other, and 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 she tries to make a, I guess you know a Klingon like move on him, uh, you know sexual like pass on him, and and he falls uh, for it at first, like punches her. I think he back backhands her, right? Well, but that was like and that. She, that was part of the ritual, though. That was him. That was him trying well, to bang her. Exactly right. Oh yeah. yeah the yeah. whole point was like, yeah, this is right. This is Klingon like sexual ritual, <laughs> right, right, said, right, like, right. foreplay. Um, uh, <laughs> but she's after, like, Jordy looks at him. Worf, <laughs> is this your idea of sex? <laughs> he was out of his mind, like. Like not even a character on the show anymore. I know. Like at this point, after the after these lines that they gave, and him, he's they, the only one apparently like, who has any kind of comments about any of this. Yeah, I mean, we know Picard's the most Picard's, insane. You know, rating. biding his time. We know Picard knows what's going to happen, but like Picard's just smirking the whole. Oh yeah, time. yeah, he knows exactly that. You know, Riker is going to realize the, you know, the errors of his ways and and how he can't like just like bribe people <laughs> into accepting him as being a dick now. I guess. I guess was the moral of the story. On the, I don't even know, but uh, yeah, it was just it, Jordy. Uh, yeah, that's it. Jordy in this scene at the end of the show made this my number four. <laughs> Real quick, my notes. Done. My my only note about this, I wrote <laughs> yeah. just a silly, terrible ep. That's it. <laughs> just, it I, I didn't. Even, I didn't want to revisit it in my mind. That's how bad this episode. <laughs> Let's not even get to the, the pig soldiers. What was that about? Like, what the hell was that about? That was baffling. Oh, my God. That was almost as baffling as Jordy's lines. Almost. Uh, I, I don't – what? 
I'm, yeah, I I'm utterly Let's shocked that this was on your list. Away. I'm shocked it's number four. I really am. I, 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 get, I, I get why it is because it. it's hilarious, but oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I, I went against my own, like, I guess, sense of right and wrong as it applies to uh this this podcast and the universe and is right and wrong kind of too let's not let's not kid ourselves <laughs> the universe has been adversely affected because of your number four let's just let's just put it out there all right i'll, I'll allow uh yeah i'll allow it so be it so be, whatever it. god you believe in have mercy on your soul i uh yeah, nice, re- move, nice reference thank you i'm moving on to number four so my number four right. you had it on your list before deja q okay this episode's mm-hmm. a lot of fun um Again, the reason this is on my list, I pointed out before. This is the point where Q became a bit more humorous and matched his mm-hmm. menace with the mirth. Okay, this is where Q really uh, became the <laughs> character that we know of now as Q. Um, there's some great Q Picard stuff, and there's some great Q Data stuff. Man, the moment where Data laughs at the end. Oh, man, yeah. That's an all-time yeah. highlight. Just one, just seeing that actor be able to cut loose like that. You know, seeing Brent Spiner yeah. be able to just kind of laugh, which he kind of didn't have that before. But knowing that Data got that precious moment, like, you know, who didn't love Data from the get-go, right? And uh, right. even even though it's only season three, like, you're, you're, you want him to sort of achieve his goal of becoming human. Sort of, you know? Sure. Um, but, sort, but, of. Yeah, sort of. Sort yeah. of, right. <laughs> He's Data. You want to keep loving him as Data. But but seeing, yeah. uh, you know, him getting that gift from Q when he's like, oh, I don't know. what mm-hmm. You know, Data, what was that? You know, I don't know. But it felt, I want to say wonderful. I, I don't, but, I, but it felt wonderful. Like, that was a great moment for Data. Yeah, um, it was. You're right. Totally. I love that. Um, so, yeah. So, we said yeah. a lot about this episode. Uh, so, for the sake of just, you know, not not repeating ourselves, um, you know, this episode was tons of fun. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, again, it crossed that line. It, it gave us the cue that we kind of know and love now, even though we sort of knew mm-hmm. and loved them before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned Corbin Burson. We get it. We get to see another cue for the first time. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Yep. So Deja Q, you know, like you said, he uh, he pissed off the universe. So him hiding on the Enterprise from <laughs> from all these creatures, including the Calamarine, who apparently, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, but you know, and real quick, the moment in the um, yeah. in the turbo lift with Picard, Picard in the turbo lift. Ooh, I, I get chills. Um, <laughs> you know, when he's like, "Oh no, I'm sorry." He was it was a wharf when he was like, uh, you know, imagine being uh, <laughs> being hungry. Having a pimple, sneezing, and then he gets the wharf and he looks right at him and goes, having to bathe. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and that, that was that pre that succeeded the line uh, um back on the bridge where he's, ah, Mr. Wharf, eat any good books lately? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. He's so like he's like he's, it's like, like so such low-hanging uh insults. <laughs> No doubt. He at him because he doesn't even he doesn't even respect him enough to like come up with something even more clever. No, no, nothing pithy. Stuff like that. Or droll. Right. Just, you know, <laughs> eat any good books lately, you savage. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's all on the lines of him winking at, at Crusher. Yeah, that, that, that's the one side of Q you get to see a lot. So true. It's so true. So that's um that, that's all I got for that. Love that episode. A couple of real quick things uh that I had noted here, but not really important, but but fun is that uh this episode was the um, the is the source of that infamous Picard facepalm meme. Oh, is that, that right? We see all over the internet. Yeah, <laughs> him doing that facepalm is a reaction to Q. I don't remember what exactly, but it makes total sense. That's that's why it's that's awesome. It's not even really a facepalm, but he's you know he's just like got his 
hand. Right, but we all know the meme, you know. So yeah, that that's yep, that's so good that that cue yeah. caused that face yeah. caused that meme. I love it. Yeah, totally. none other than yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The other note I hear have here is season three has the best Riker hair. That's it. <laughs> okay, I can't picture a different Riker hair from three to four, but I guarantee you're right. <laughs> watching watching these in chronological or you know airing order, um, yeah. I, I noted a lot, a lot of the subtle differences in, in a lot of the different characters, and I was I was tracking Riker's hair. I'm not ashamed to admit I was I was tracking his hair. Over I mean, the course of seven chest years. hair. I've been watching since season one, but <laughs> his actual hair I've kind of kind of went right over my head. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. All right. Horrible. So uh, <laughs> you're number three, man. Let's do it. Number three encounter at Far Point. Okay. Already already uh, talked about a lot about this. Um. Just classic Q. I mean, it's kind of weird to say when it's like his first appearance. It kind of, by definition, is classic Q. But um, you know, it's it's uh, it, it, he's not as we said ad nauseum at this point. You know, he's he's much he's much more uh, uh, sinister uh, in this episode than he becomes. But uh, there's a little bit of that of that humor and, and playfulness. Oh, he's dressing up in outfits, and he's uh, you know, yeah. The, right. the, you know, uh, when he dresses up as like the, the 19, uh, you know, 40s, uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. army recruiter guy, you know, or whatever. That's a lot of fun. Right. It's about, we have, we have to come back home and, yeah, because he's talking about like they should, they, you know, the Enterprise should go back to Earth and stop exploring. He's like, when he turns into like the World War II recruiter, he's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, no, we just need you back home to fight the commies. The commies. That's what it was, right? <laughs> yeah. So funny. It's too much. Um, <clears throat> but, uh. Yeah, and I just have like noted here, like all the points he makes are like really good points about humanity. Like nothing he says, nothing he's accusing them of are like crazy at all. Yeah, he's not wrong. You know, we've been right, and I can um, even see the World War Three predictions sort of coming true. You know, you're controlling the military with drugs—that was interesting. Right, right, yeah. That they have just like almost Jemadar style, right? They kind of have built right into their uniform. You just give yeah, a little, give a little yeah. toot. You know, there, and you're ready to go, yeah, go fight, dude, right? Go fight the uh, right. 21st century version of the commies, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he was truly frightening as the judge. I, I, I probably already said that specifically. Yeah, but I mean, what great set like design, creepy. too. Really um, creepy. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Just the whole post-apocalyptic, you know, court thing works, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just him on that, just that free floating, you know. Um, yeah. You know, bench. I guess you know, right. really, yeah, really right. cool. Definitely. That held up better than I thought it would, actually. Me too. Anything and from the first it, season or the pilot, you're like, oh my God, it's going to be a little cheesy. But that uh-huh. that, that stuff held up for me. Uh, yeah. You know what also held up? Hide and cue. But anyway, <laughs> um, so what else from this episode? Uh, Horrible. Right. So right from the start, we get a lot of the Shakespeare. You know, Shakespeare has always been uh, a, a part of, uh, of uh, Star Trek. Since the original series, oh yeah, um, but you know, we especially with with Next Gen and Picard, right? We 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 always associate Picard as being just a Shakespeare connoisseur. He reads Shakespeare like in his free time. Right? Mm. Um, so like yeah, so we see this already in the first episode where he, he quotes Henry the Sixth and uh, quotes from Henry the Sixth about killing all the lawyers and and you know uh, Q is says well you know the, yeah that's what we did in uh, twenty seventy nine or whatever. You know, whenever it's supposed to be taking place. Um, so a lot of cool, like little, like little insights into just little little hints, of, like what happened in the mid to late twentieth century. Yeah. Um, 
you know, crazy stuff. I love the fact that he doesn't think what he's wearing now is a costume. Like, even when we wore <laughs> costumes like that, we had already made rapid progress. Right. Meanwhile, they're wearing pajamas. Right. Like, they're wearing these onesies <laughs> as goddamn uniforms, you know? So true. So true. <laughs> that was going to be like... Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we talked about the main bulk of, of this, but uh, yeah, like just a few funny things. Uh, like, so O'Bri- I didn't realize O'Brien was um, in this very first episode. I didn't remember. Yeah, he ends up on the battle bridge, um, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. He's actually yeah. credited as, uh, yeah, he doesn't have a name yet. He's credited as uh, Battle Bridge Khan. <laughs> Irish curmudgeon. Khan, I think uh, he was credited as Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Future <laughs> cigarette smoking <laughs> Irish curmudgeon. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> uh, season eight TNG tweets. Love it. Um, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, we we see Worf's hatred and disgust and and just insanity uh, when it comes to Q <laughs> right right off the bat in this episode. Um, this was the infamous. After, uh, after are you going to blow a hole in the view screen, Mr. Yes, Worf? Right, Love it. Right. But yeah, we already touched on that in the previous right, episode. Right, that was so, so great. He just draws the blaster <laughs> at the view screen. As soon as he sees Q. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, one other point in the episode, like after Q like disappears off of the bridge. Or no, after I'm sorry, after he peers on the bridge, Worf says, Sir, permission to clean up the bridge. Just <laughs> dripping, just like disdain for this character of Q. <laughs> Zero great. tolerance policy. Yeah, yeah. That's too much. Um, but yep, so uh yeah, that's my number three. All right, my number three. We talked about it already. Death wish. So we'll move through it quickly. But right. uh I, I love this episode um a yeah. lot. Uh, we didn't talk about Riker's cameo, which was really cool. Uh, Riker pops in a Voyager to help uh, Q make his case. Um, right. You know, it right. uh, turns out that uh, Thaddeus Riker, one of Riker's ancestors, was uh, hanging out with mm. Quinn Q uh, back in the <laughs> Civil War. Really cool. Right. The photo Very they brought cool. up was kind of interesting. Yeah. Even though he's going to have his mind erased, Riker meets uh, Janeway. Really cool. I know that 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 is cool, and gets to see like, oh wow, you this is where you guys are. Like you guys disappeared, right? And you know what? It's also Riker's third series on his way to being in six different shows, six different Star Trek shows. Wow! Think about that. That's wow. Next gen, Deep Space. Um, he played Thomas Riker on Deep Space. Right. You want to tell me the uh, the other the other four? Enterprise. Sure. Obviously. Yep. Sees the series finale. Oh, we just mentioned Voyager. I should say. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and lower decks and, and Picard. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, the only that show is crazy, he wasn't right? on so far was um, Discovery. Uh, Discovery, yeah. And there's still time for that. And <laughs> original series, obviously. Well, yeah, you're right. A little late for that one, but that's pretty cool. So Riker has a really, really fun cameo there. Um, so we mentioned we would go to the Q continuum. Um, you know, they hide in, in in the origin of the Big Bang. They're playing hide and seek. <laughs> They're playing hide and Q. <laughs> Hide in Q. And they hide in the origin of the Big Bang. They hide in a subatomic particle. And then they hide as a Christmas ornament, which, by the way, <laughs> I, I was watching it for this time. And I said that yeah. had to be a nod to the Hallmark uh, Christmas ornaments that were very popular at the time. Totally. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, th- 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 those were signature uh, ornaments. They'd come out with a new one each year. Yep. And uh, I collected them all back then. Um, yep. I, I have a ton of them from back then. And uh, yeah, so that's got to be a nod to Hallmark for b- being a Christmas ornament. Uh, that's really cool. Right. Um, Fun fact, um, the uh, Star Trek Warp Top 10 podcast uh, logo 
the uh, there's there's two mirror images of the Enterprise in our logo. That is one of your Hallmark uh, Christmas. Oh, ornaments. that's of course it is. That's right. I'm yeah, like, where's he going yeah. with this? Meanwhile, <laughs> 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 that we use that we yeah. use one of the Hallmark uh, uh, ornaments. That's yeah. great. Yep, yep. Way to point that out. I totally forgot about that. That's what I thought when I, when I rewatched this episode and they were an ornament. That's the first thing I thought. Of course you did. Great job. I just took a picture of my dumb phone. You're the one who made it into a great little logo. Thanks, man. Good job. Eh. Eh. That's eh. how I feel about hiding Q. Meh. <laughs> no, so, you hate it. I, I totally hate it. So a couple of quick other things about this episode. Q immediately starts hitting on Janeway, which I love, in the very first episode. Yes. Yes. Um, yep. And this episode did the worlds as croquet balls thing before and Men in Black did. I just want everybody to know that. So when they go to the Q continuum uh, and they're playing croquet with, with worlds, clearly it's, you know, worlds. It's a great representation yeah. of how the Q can sort of play with the universe. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was done. I looked up the dates just to make sure. But yeah, Men in Black was 97 and, and this was uh, 96. So a year earlier. Then oh, wow. At the very end of Men in Black, I don't remember when they pull out, they pan out, and the Earth is just being played with by monsters in the croquet uh, style. Okay. So oh, I thought that it's was actually cool. croquet. Hey, no, no, no. It, it's an alien version of croquet. Oh, okay. But yeah, okay. they're but, sort of but, hitting balls through like hoops, if I remember correctly. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. So I like that. So maybe Barry Sonnenfeld or who, uh, whoever uh, – I don't know he directed it. I don't know if he wrote it. But whoever wrote that, it might be a Star yeah. Trek fan. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Interesting. That's all I got, man. That's my number three, Death Wish. Really good episode. Okay. And for, as Great episode. far as I could tell, other than Tapestry, the first episode to not have a coupon since yes. Encounter at Farpoint, I believe. Yes. So there you you're, go. You're, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I imagined that episode being higher up on my list, actually, before I really sat down and, and started numbering them. Um, it was really great episode. It's fun how they fall into place. I do like that. I do like the hide and Q is up on your list because it shatters mm-hmm. what I what I thought for sure would be <laughs> you know some of your yeah. top ten. So it, that's great. I like that we yeah, look yeah. at it in different ways. Really cool. Totally. All right, man. Let's do this. We're getting down to it now. Okay. Yeah. Number two. Number two. True Q. Okay. We talked about yeah. on your list. Um, this this was really I just so so this is in terms of being a Q episode. This is one of the best. Well, it's number two, so it's it's second best in my opinion. Yeah. Um, for his character specifically, first of all, it was a really great story. Um, you know, it, it was it was kind of like a almost like cliched morality tale of like choosing great power versus you know just having a normal quiet life. Um, but it, it was still it was still it was executed like really well. You know, so it wasn't it didn't feel cliched or derivative. Um. You know, I had enough Q dust, so to speak, to to still make it really enjoyable. Um, and also, uh, Olivia Diabo, um, I just find enchanting. I just loved her in this. Mm. Um, I remember her from, I first knew her from, um, was it before this? The Wonder Years? Or was, no, this would have been first, right? Uh, the Wonder Years was, on the no, Wonder no, no, years. no. Uh, Wonder Years was late 80s, wasn't it? Yeah. So I don't know. So so this was this was oh, ninety one. Right. This was six, season so. six. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. season okay. six was so ninety three. Okay, yeah. So this was definitely after Wonder Years. So. Yeah, but anyway. Oh, yeah. she was on that. Okay, um, I never watched Wonder Years. Oh, okay. Oh, great show. Great, you know, great show. <laughs> but um, <laughs> was that your Daniel Stern impression? I do know he did the voice. Uh, I did not remember that. I kind of remember it now. Okay, it sounded it like not, 
trying to do that, but <laughs> I'll take credit for it anyway. Well done. Um, yeah, I loved her in this. Uh, she was really good. But yeah. Q, specifically, he was just on fire. I mean, <laughs> he was like at just his like insanity at this point was just like his insane um, just just humor. Um, so obviously we have the infamous wink at Beverly. Um, <laughs> which is so great. Lovely. Um, but it's just some, some other choice uh, cue quotes. Um, <laughs> uh, so someone says, uh, you created a core breach just to test this girl. What would have happened if she failed to stop it? Then I wouldn't have known she was a Q. <laughs> um, or then I would have known she wasn't. A right, Q, right, right, right. And, uh, <laughs> Beverly says, uh, you can't just take it, take her away from everything she's known. And he responds, I assure you I can. Like, just like in so, <laughs> such a matter of fact, like, I, I, obviously I can't, like, I'm cute. Um, <laughs> one of the best parts. He, so he says about, he really had it in for Dr. Crusher, uh, for Beverly in this one. Um, he says to somebody about her, she gets more shrill with each passing <laughs> So just so demeaning, you know. Right. Just, the word, just the word "shrill," like to call a woman shrill. Yeah, it's totally true. So, so demeaning. totally true. You call a guy that, and be like, "What are you even talking about, dude?" Right, right. Um, and then he's in a shouting match with her at some point, and she's just like yelling at him, mm-hmm. and for no reason turns oh. her into a giant barking dog. The dog. <laughs> it's a giant red-haired dog. Um, and she turns just, her back, right? I, th- I, yeah, I think right. Yeah, uh, Olivia Diaby turns her back, right, right. Um, but I mean, that was just that was just uh, it's so it, crazy. It, what, like, why did he even do that? Like, just to illustrate to anyone who is watching what he thought about Crusher in that <laughs> right. moment. Like, he's like, she might as well be a dog barking in my face. <laughs> and I love that she thought she made a good point when he said, "Oh yeah, that's that's." And he said something like, "Oh, I, I didn't see it that way. Thank you." And she was just like, "Oh, I got through to him." <laughs> So, so insulting. Yeah, totally. Uh, and at one point, he's hiding. So we mentioned how he was playing kind of like hiding Q with uh, Alyssa. Yeah. Alyssa? Um, at one point, he's hiding in the warp core. <laughs> Piece his head and out. she can't find him. He reveals himself by popping his head out of it like Porky Pig. <laughs> Straight out of Looney Tunes. That's true. So, so, I mean, it just looked terrible. The effects were like so terrible. Like, it, it's so ludicrous. Porky so, so bad and That's so perfect. hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, but anyway, so yeah, it was just like quintessential Q. Yeah, you're episode. right. Man. Like really those was. are just some examples, but just just throughout like every single line and and, and scene. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, one other stray thing about this episode it was a really great demonstration of Riker doing his patented leg over the back of the chair maneuver oh, to sit down. Sure. In in this case, he was he was meeting a date, and <laughs> he practically like flops himself <laughs> onto her. Like if he just made one like microscopic wrong move in in one other direction. He would have just like belly flopped on her and <laughs> crashed the whole table. I couldn't stop laughing. It was so awkward. <laughs> weird. Oh, it was so good. Uh, Riker. But that's yeah, that that's just a random part, but that's that's all I got. Oh, that's great. <clears throat> all right. So you can probably figure out what my one and two are. If if you've been paying attention. Um No, I haven't. You haven't? Well then you would know nope. that my number two, our number ones are the same, clearly. 
But uh, yeah. my number two is Tapestry. So All right. I do love this episode. Um, you know, the Christmas Carol that you mentioned before is really, really interesting. You know, I, I, I one of the reasons why I like this episode is because I kind of like the originality of the episode. Um, you know, mm. the, they clearly did, you know, take this trip down, you know, memory lane, like Christmas Carol style. Um, but I guess I just like the idea of using Q's powers for such great character development in Picard. You know what I mean? So, right. again, yeah, right. they could have used like a sci-fi device to have the same character development. But the fact that it's Q, so you're developing both characters equally. I kind of like that. You're seeing that Q is yeah. come to the point where he does generally want to help Picard. And as it turns out, humanity. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. But, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, the fact that, uh, that you know, he uses his powers to, to – do something no one else could do is really show Picard how wrong he is, but to help him, I think that's great. Um, you know, and it also is the best. Totally, the best. Um, you know, th- this is where the John Luck Pickard comes from. We mentioned in the beginning <laughs> of the pod. That's it's so stupid. Like you said, he's got the flowers. It's like an old style telegram, even in the, the early twenty fourth century. But like, you know, is there a John Luck Pickard here? Even though I, you know, you know how to pronounce it. Like, it's just so silly, so stupid. So but really what, what, what makes this episode great, in my opinion, is it's one of the best callbacks, deep cut callbacks in uh, in Star Trek history. To me, mm. the idea that we're finally getting to see the fight he had with the Nausicans that he described to yeah. Wesley in season two, just on a – it was just a story. Oh, it was just a just a, an yeah. offhand story he told Wesley about how his heart – he was going to get his heart like you know revamped or whatever in yeah, season yeah. two. But the real callback is he mentioned to Wesley the honest thing. When I looked down and saw the blade, I actually laughed out loud. Oh wow! You know oh, he said that. To he Wesley. said that to Wesley. So without bringing that up, like he didn't retell the story to Q, but they just threw it in there as like, yeah, you know, yeah. when he looked down, he just laughed, and that was such a great callback to four years earlier. Um, one of the, again, great. again, one of the things these writers wow. do so well. Um, they so, they so good. take yeah. what's out there and they just they they just use it. Um, great performance by Patrick Stewart and John Delancey uh, in this episode, above and beyond. Yeah, um, I mean, sure. Patrick Stewart. Look, it goes without saying that he's a great actor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, John Delancey is as well, and he and and not just what he does, what he did with Q over the course of all these episodes we're talking about, but he's been going toe to toe with Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, um, for. Uh, you know, for, for all, all these episodes. And it's really a testament to, you know, the chemistry they have. And, uh, you know, John Delancey is such a good actor. He can go back and forth. We didn't mention this either. He can go back and forth between the menace and the silly, like, 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 like that. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yep. And, and that, that you can't, it's not easy to do that. Um, so this episode was really a, a unconventional way to tell a story from a Star Trek point of view. Um, great character development. Um, Again, it's just sort of thrown in there, right? Like the true Q episode is in the same season, the one we just talked about with Amanda Rogers. Like that was that was the Q episode. Right. right this wasn't the right. Sideshow Bob episode. This was something different. This was a bonus that we got. So true. And it was just so well executed, uh, beautifully shot. Um, I love the way it yeah. was shot. I love the the you know the the white room. I love uh, love everything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way it, mm-hmm. the pace it moved back and forth through time really well. And uh, it was just so well done. So th- this this was a true gem. Uh, love it. Great episode. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, interesting how, um, like I mentioned, I-, I thought this would have been higher up on my list. 
you know, as as I was talking through it, I was I was thinking maybe that that was the case and it should be lower. Um, but it ended up at seven, and it's your number two. That's well, you awesome. made me rethink it. Like it was a great point, such a great point you were making when you mm. were talking about it. I was like, wow, that's true. I you know because a lot of my reason for putting it at two was its originality. You know, um, yeah, yeah, and of course it's it, it's a Christmas Carol type tale. You know, so so um, you know, if that was my only reason, I mean, it wasn't my only reason, but. Knowing that, just so you know, I probably would have put it a little lower on my list because you made such great points. Hmm. Well, but it landed at two. I don't know. So what do I know? Uh, number one. Gotta be all good things. Gotta be. I mean, I almost made it uh, Q less, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, he did have a bare um, knuckle boxing match with Cisco on that one, so we've never seen that before. Yeah, that's true. That could bring it to number one alone. I forgot about yeah, that part. Totally. Um, no, all good things. The uh, series finale, of course, of uh, Next Generation. And it could have been the culmination um, of a Q, too. Like, if, if we had never seen him again, and again, I'm not going to step on your, your your time to talk, but if we had never no, seen no. Q again, um, this would have been a really fitting finale for him. Oh, it would have, Bar been, none. Would have been perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. It, w- it was. It was a perfect man. So, I mean, this episode in general, like aside from Q, but just – what a perfect, perfect, just not just episode of, of Star Trek, mm. but episode of television. No doubt. Um, no and, doubt. And, and, and what a perfect, um, I mean, it's quintessential, to use that word again, I think I already used, but um, I'll use it again. Uh, quintessential um, Star Trek story. I mean, everything about it. Um, you know, the scientific mystery, like it was very scientific. Um, so there was, there was plenty of science in here that I loved. Sure. Um, especially the difference you know, between the, the, the causality in between past and present and future. And yeah. Yeah. Effect and precedes a, cause kind of stuff. And, yeah. You're right. Tachyons. And, and yeah, it's just the concept of anti-time and, uh, yeah. So cool, right. really cool science stuff. Um, uh, the, the, the plot, I mean, uh, just Picard going, shifting between three different specific timelines, uh, or rather, time um, frames in his life um, was just just genius, and especially how related to the plot. Q sending him like anomaly. that to solve them because that's the only way he could have solved the mystery. Like it's amazing. Yeah. It's it, it's yeah. so well done. Right, and and yet the mystery was 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 started because he was doing this. I, I, right, like he actually. I mean, truly it, paradoxical. Just, yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's just 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 genius writing. Genius writing. I can't, I can't like say enough. I'm literally like up and down on my seat, like wanting to talk about it. So like, we're going to talk about it together because it's both yeah. of our number one. So let, yeah. let's just have a, right. have a discussion. So, I mean, yeah. yeah so please. like, like, I mean, just, just, just they, these writers, they pulled out all stops for this last episode. Like, like they, mm-hmm. they outdid themselves on a show that outdid Absolutely. itself. You know, it, it was, it Absolutely. was, it was one of the best finales of all time. And of course, mm-hmm. of course it had to have Q. Of course. What a magnificent right. bookend to what they started. That's exactly right. In, yeah. in, in, yeah. in the encounter at Far Point, like like it, you could not have had a more perfect ending to a show or a character than than what we got in this episode. It was so so yeah. so much fun. I mean, yep. you know, just returning to that courtroom setting, and and the 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 joy of him just giving him the ten questions that call for a yes or no answer. <laughs> right. I'll help you a little right. bit. You know, I'll give you ten. I mean, that's so much fun. Like, who doesn't want to play with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, God, but going back so to the science, like you said, man, totally right, man. Like the whole yeah. the whole idea that yeah, 
that he, you know, the fact that he was able to go to the future, create this anomaly that threatens the past is just, it's, it's mind bending. Like, you know. Yeah. And, and the fact that yeah. you could follow it is another testament to how well they wrote it. Like the fact that, that oh, you know, that, so that, true. that an average person, like my mother watched this episode and loved it. And she followed it, you know, and she's nice. not, she's not a nice. you know, PhD in sci-fi, you know, like we are, but like, <laughs> but she could follow it. Like it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, it, and you know, what really helped too with that um, was the editing of, of the episode. Yes. Um, the I made a note of that oh. because it really jumped out at me. That's right. The transitions between the three different time frames were all like genius and they weren't like flashy for the most part. They were very subtle, but um, it was a device that they just, that they used to build momentum towards the end, if you remember. I, that's exactly totally right. True, I was right? just okay. going to say that. The, it just got you, so so. Picard himself, both the character and the editing of 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 the episode, you know, like just got like you said, just built up momentum of getting better and better and better at um, just seamlessly, uh, you know, slipping uh, among these these three different times. Yeah, um, and it's it just it was just. Genius. To the point where he, the, Picard fell in lockstep with what Q was doing, basically. To the point where right. he knew the moment he was right. going to go right to where he needed to go. Yeah, and yeah, by the end he was like not even missing a beat and finishing you sentences know, he was, he on was, the other end. Right? It was. It was. Yes. Fucking yes. Great. Exactly. Man. God. What? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, one of the best couple hours or hour and a half, whatever it was. Uh, not only in mm-hmm. sci-fi history, but in TV history, no doubt. I have absolutely mm-hmm. no qualms saying that that that's that's in the top five of best. Series finales ever, ever. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then you know how it, the very how it actually ends with with him, uh, Picard joining uh, the rest of the 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 cast, <laughs> oh. uh, the the crew to uh, playing playing poker. What, what a um, what a poker night! Perfect emotional touch. I mean, I should have done this a long was, time ago. Yeah, you were always. And no welcome. one even says anything. You know? No, just, yeah. Just, just Troy, just Troy. Saying, oh, that's you know, right. You're right. But yes, he let it I'm breathe sorry. there for a second. He and Picard, you know, Patrick mm-hmm. Stewart looks around the table before he says his mm-hmm. line, and then just, just you know, his last line as the camera pulls up and you know, out of the hole, you know, he says, "Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh sky's the limit," and, and the sky's the limit. Right? It's just it's unbelievable. I mean, steal your thunder. No, no, no. Yeah. It's your thunder, really. <laughs> I decided to. <laughs> To get a little rapey with your your turn to talk, actually, is what I decided to do. So, no, 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 we're, no. Like you said, we'll both talk. It, about it's our number time, one, yeah. And just to go, just um, to go back real quick before you. So yeah. the ending, not the ending, ending is is truly great, but the Q ending is he brings back a little menace, oh. doesn't he? He brings it's, back it's a little. Beautiful. Oh, yep. you don't get it, but you still don't get it, Picard. The trial never ended. You know, the trial it never right, ends. Right. You know, we'll see yeah, you. Never, right, never out ends. Because he's he's alluded to in other episodes once or twice that you know you're still on trial like don't forget you're you know you're still on probation or you're still on trial or something yeah right so you're right um, so in the beginning he did he make that promise the trial never in, in the beginning in the be- right right um in the beginning of this in, episode in and in the episode. beginning of the first right totally true yeah totally yeah. true but uh but but it was yeah you kind of forget about that and i wonder i actually have a note here like i wonder how much the writers um intended for that to be the case like from the very start. I wonder. Um, you know what's great is they you know, gave the they character a great like like they gave him that you know that that send off like with him slowly sort of retreating on his bench into the into the you know the darkness into the, the smoke you know. Right. Like this again. Right. This character was only in eight episodes, right? 
And yet, like yeah, he, he right. was given, he need he had enough weight, enough fan love, enough writer love that, like you know, they mm-hmm. gave him that kind of like awesome send off. You know, yeah. O'Brien, yep. for example, was well, in like you know what, like thirty episodes. You know, and he he got a quick <laughs> moment with Picard in the transporter room. That was kind of it. You know, like yeah, right. That was. But it, they gave yeah. him this bold. We'll see you out there as he's 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 retreating. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's almost doing <laughs> Luke. Stay with me. He's almost doing a reverse oh Raven face. Right? Like, <laughs> tell me he's not right. And I'm sorry. This is that's a reference to something completely that it's an inside thing, but. You know, yeah. am I wrong? Like your entrance as Ravenface is the opposite of the Q's exit as Ravenface, right? That's hundred percent right. That 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 oh I'm God. dropping that for just eight people out there. But you know what? Enjoy it, guys. So anyway. Oh, all right. We we just lost eighty of our listeners. Um, we only have eighty one. Ah, but, man. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. Uh. What else? Yeah. What else? I mean, as far as Q in that episode, like, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he's oh, I the love... moment where he admits that he's the one causing the time shifts. Right. I'll tell you right. if he promised not to tell anyone else. And he gets right up on his ear. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Why? Oh, I'm sorry. That's a not a yes or no question. You know, like, then he goes right yeah. back to being, yeah, being yeah, yeah, a menace. Yeah. But uh, not a menace, but like, like a, you know, fool, a fool guy. I, I, I just, I love that moment where he admits, Picard kind of knows already, but. So Q's causing the time shifts. Right. He's which not is causing the anomaly. Causing, well, no, just, but technically he, he kind but of – kind of, yes. Kind right? of is, yeah. but kind of not, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally, right. But he's clearly giving Picard and humanity a way out. Yeah. So he's gone yeah. from wanting to, you know, end their, their trek through space to wanting them as to succeed. As he said, right, of course. Yeah, that was that was a great little uh, nod. <laughs> to the, yeah, the show's title. Oh, it really um, was right. As far as it never been done before, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. Up until that moment, I mean, I guess it it could it could be a totally cheesy thing to do in probably most other circumstances, but uh, giving it to Q was just perfect. And he pulled it off. It just made it perfect. Real quick, it reminds me. Of, I, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. It's a tangent, so I'm sorry. It reminds me of Donald Glover <laughs> in Community. But he's he's talking to he's talking to um LeVar Burton and he's like asking about Star Trek and he's like yeah. why didn't they call it Planet Trek? They never went to a star. Not once. <laughs> Not once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to say that bring that up. Uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, like with as far as the ending too, like I, I love how uh, Q ends it with um he's like, you know, you don't you don't get it. Uh you know, it's not about it's not about uh, going to the stars, charting the stars, and, and whatnot, and um, and uh, and per- I, I, I guess Picard is like, you know, what? And he says, you know, it's about it's about charting the the uh, what does he say? The uncharted about, um, possibilities of existence. The possibilities, the unknown possibilities of there existence. It is. Okay, right. Nice. That's what he says. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then. And then uh, I think Picard says something like that. What, what does that mean? Or, or you know what happens next, or oh, something like yes, that. Yes, I know what you're talking and, about. And, and, and yeah, he leans into his oh, ear once again, God. like he did earlier, and then says nothing. That's He's about to say and it. And the look he gives give Picard when he when he retreats, it's yeah. it's freaking bright. Like it, it's, it's it's brilliant, amazing. It's a brilliant yeah. bit of acting. Brilliant, 
is is exactly listen right. anyone yep. out there who hasn't seen this episode like i mean obviously watch the whole show but look if you really want to watch it's just a great piece of writing acting execution science fiction drama mm-hmm. co- everything just watch mm-hmm. this finale it i mean it's truly brilliant yep that's a great yep. point i forgot all about this is one of the episodes i didn't have to rewatch i've seen it so many times yeah but yeah, at that moment right. you're right shame on me that is a brilliant choice there totally i loved it i mean but what else can you say what else can right? you say this episode was perfect oh my it god was perfect. so great yeah. and you know what this podcast was a little perfect too we we this, this is the longest podcast we've had so far so listen if anyone is stuck with us <laughs> this long thank you so so much um we'll see how much we edit out I we'll guess, see but. we'll see how, how well the guy gets but uh <laughs> Listen, a quick shout out. Um, I want to point out that this episode was brought to you by uh, – no, uh, my brother Drew came up with the idea for this episode. Um, you know, he watched uh, Next yes, Gen for the right, first five right. seasons. He didn't quite make it all the way through. He might finish it at some mm-hmm. point. Um, but uh, he loved the Q episodes. So he was like, hey, you should do a top 10 Q. So uh, thank you, Drew. Perfect. For uh, for Great recommending uh, that top 10. I hope you return to the uh, to the world of uh, Star Trek at some point. Um, if you don't, I yes. still love you, buddy. Um, so yeah. So, uh, listen, thanks. Thanks so much for, for sticking with us for this long. Thanks for uh, listening to the pod. We really, really appreciate it. Um, we think it's amazing that people are listening um, to what, what we're talking about, uh, just listening to us talk about what we love to do. Um, yeah. And we're also amazed that we're getting um, we're getting listeners from all around the world. It's really, really amazing. Luke, uh, help me out. Like, yeah. So where, where are our listeners uh, scattered uh, scattered around the globe? Yeah, so we, we, plenty of listeners, obviously, in the U.S., um, as expected. Uh, we got a good few in Canada, um, it looks like. Uh, we got some U.K., Australia, Belgium, Japan, um, Netherlands, Spain, uh, Russia, Switzerland, Norway, Germany, and France. I mean, that, um, that's absolutely insane. Awesome. That's so cool, I, I, man. I, yeah, and it just – I mean, it just – uh, you know, it, 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 we could pat ourselves in the back for getting the word out there uh, somehow, but uh, you know, it just it just really speaks to how truly universal uh, stuff. Totally is. right. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, I mean, we're not doing any press in Russia, so obviously, these are people who are like, you know, just sort of looking for cool Star Trek stuff to listen to. And yeah. I mean, hey, even if they listened to it once and they just didn't feel like they wanted to return or something, uh, you know, I mean, it's still amazing that that you know, there's somebody in Russia who's listening to us. You know, talk about what we love to talk about. That that to me is amazing. Um, yeah, it so is. cool. And and you, you said before, like, you know, as expected, like United. I know you mean just because it's it's United States, but I mean any listeners, you know, is is amazing. Like, you know, I, I didn't I didn't know if anybody would want to listen to what we're talking about. Um, sure. Turns out some people this are, just, and I think that's so cool. Yeah. Um, and we're yeah, like we're we, so like grateful. We said in the, yeah, like we said in the uh, our our uh, intro episodes, like. You know, this is what we do half the time anyway. <laughs> right. We'll spend three hours talking about Star Trek. Um, so we just, you know, we came up with uh, just just a, a little bit of a uh, framing device for, you know, how to decide what exactly to talk about. <laughs> so it wasn't just like insanely random babble. Right. Thank um, God we realized ourselves It's just in. mostly, it's mostly random babble, I guess. If our tangents um, are any indication of how far off the rails we would go. In every conversation, then yeah, <laughs> thank God we have this yeah, framework yeah. to keep us keep us grounded. Right. And listen, um, again, so as we always feel free to hit us up, man, on Twitter, Instagram. We are at stwarp10. Um, you know, 
just reach out anything, you know, hey, you know, you forgot this. Hey, you know, love the pod, hate the pod, whatever you want to say, man. Um, yeah. You know, uh, reach out and listen. And, and yeah, and, and, and thank you. Thank anyone who's listening, whether you're from Spain, Netherlands, Japan, Russia, Belgium, United States, UK, Canada, wherever you're from, man. Thank you so much. Um, it's so cool that, that you're even listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, and we want to keep, uh, you know, keep, keep on, keep it on. For sure. Anything else there, Luke? Nope. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you again. We will.